0: And welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Max Show. I'm Ben Hansen, joined by JV Gwaltney. How did I get here? Back again. Jeff there you and Fava. Go. Hey. Oh, breath of fresh air. Thank God yeah. there's one constant voice here. That's right. Look at this Elise Favis. Hi. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Former Game of Former editor. Uh, you went on a big old journey, and now you're at the Washington Post.
1: Mm-hmm, moved to D.C., yeah. Are you sick
0: of people reacting like that? Like, what? The Washington Post?! A
1: little bit, no, it's fine. It's it's honestly, I still have the same reaction in my own head, so... Yeah.
0: Is it ever insulting? Like, people are like, you?! The Washington Post?! Good God! <laughs> no, like, at a certain point, it's like, alright, don't that. push it that far. Yeah. It's not
2: unreasonable that a journalist yeah. would work at a cool outlet. <laughs>
1: No, but uh, it, it, it's it's been it's been a, a big adjustment, but it's been fun. I, I have love it. a great team, and you've so.
2: been killing it.
0: You guys have been killing Thank it. Thank you.
3: That's
1: very sweet. good to hear. That yeah.
0: launcher is the name of the initiative.
1: It is. We're a uh, we're a six strong six person team. So
0: really, yeah. See, that's fun, and like that's one of my favorite things from uh, Game Informer, which is a place we all work together. Um, was just that idea of like having a name like Game Informer, having a name like Washington Post. But then it's just like you feel like the underdog within that organization. Oh, right? absolutely! Yeah. It,
1: it feels like a startup within a large corporation. So we're, we're we're very much like we we do our own thing and feel, uh, you 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 feel separate from the rest of this like very big company. But you still right. have, you can like borrow and and work with like other people in, with other departments and um and, and still have like all those resources you know, to, Th- which is great. Like we did um. For example, like, we did this really ambitious piece late, uh, recently of, like, the 10 most influential games of the decade. Oh, yeah. And the only reason we're able to do stuff like that is because we work for such a, like, big publication, you know? And we're, we're, we have, like, all these different resources and people that we can, you know, pull from and um, art teams and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. B-
0: because we thought, like, the Game Informer name was really good for reaching out to developers. And they're
1: like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd
0: be happy to talk to Game Informer. But, like coming and swinging with the washington post
1: that's been interesting actually um i feel like i've had varying reactions um most of them almost everyone is like very willing to talk to us yeah and then sometimes i feel like there's a little bit of like okay you're not like a gaming publication or you know some of them aren't always familiar with launcher and they just they they see wapo and it's like i I sense a little bit of hesitation sometimes of like
3: Mm.
1: okay like how well are you going to cover this or and whatever? And they think they
0: might be going for something hard-hitting. Like, why would the Washington Post,
2: Washington Post be interested in us? Then, is and there then something wrong? And then are, some, they, are they afraid they're going to get water-gated? There are, there are that, absolutely
1: like, <laughs> PR reps who have been like, okay, what is your focus here? And like, how much are you like Kotaku? Or how aggressive are you? Or,
0: how aggressive are you? Um, Washington Post so is known for being pretty chill. Yeah. 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 Very relaxed <laughs> right, publication.
1: Right. So, so that's been very different. Um but generally, people have been really positive and been really excited about yeah. working with us. And I've been, and I think the biggest, one of the biggest changes is just like how many interviews I have to do. Like I'm calling people every single day, you know? Every, basically every piece we have, we try to have some sort of like, original twist to it or interview in there because we don't want to aggregate content. So okay.
0: I'm not gonna call you out on whether or not you've seen it because I know it's a touchy subject, but I'm just imagining the scene from all the president's men of just like you leaning back in your chair, just (laughs) dialing over and over again. Right? Yeah I actually have seen
1: it now. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) That's kind
3: of
0: important for me to do that. You could have dodged that if you wanted to. (laughs) What did you so you're sitting in your new DC apartment working at the Washington Post and then you just decide to sit back and watch all the President's men?
1: Yeah, I well to be honest with you, I actually I have seen it before, but it was a long way. Oh, no. It was a long time ago, and I had totally forgotten. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh no, I've seen this before." But yeah, I watched yeah. it again. So okay, yeah.
0: Uh, does it give you more pride working at the post?
1: It, it it's, I guess I don't know. It it is interesting to to watch a movie like that when you're working at the, the you know, the publication. It's like not that, the same so. building, is it? No. Okay. It is. Uh, we're in a new building now on K Street. Um, which is like downtown central downtown DC. Uh, I think they moved like four or five years ago, but it's a gorgeous building. Like the lobby has like marble walls and the uh, like glossy white walls, uh, like where I think, I don't know, like nine or 10 floors or something. And sure. Like thousand, of thousand employees. I
0: listened to your interview on the 1099 podcast Mm. with uh, Joseph new former former intern. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Boy, where do you get off saying some of that stuff? No, no, but I thought it was really sweet. You talked about how when you went down for the interview, you called JV yeah. for a good pep talk right before the interview. Yeah. That is the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't remember this.
2: That. <laughs> <laughs> that true? Damn, you were just... half asleep, like, hey, way to go. Uh, I at guess... least wants something. What does she want?
1: <laughs> JV has like a goldfish memory. I, I, I lived with him for like two years. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I called him up. Uh, I was, ext- I I don't think I've ever been so nervous in my whole life yeah. for that job interview. Uh, they put me up in this like fancy hotel just a block away from the post and it was maybe like half an hour before the interview and I was walking around downtown and uh, I called JV up and, and he told me, he was like, like, I know you're nervous and if you want to call me before you head in there, like mm-hmm. definitely you can do it. So I called him up and he was like, hey, you got this, like you're going to do great, blah, blah, blah. And, it helped a lot, so. Do you think? He's not the worst always.
0: That's true. Gee, you, yeah. what's your secret? How come you are nice now? <laughs> do you feel like you have grown and
2: grown much more kind in the last couple of years? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. What? I mean, you, you remember what it was when I started. I was kind of... Uh, I didn't want to call it out. A little quickly. Little yeah, I, was, I kind of an I mean, right. I don't know. Like, I just I stopped drinking and stuff. And that How helped.
0: connected is that?
2: Is it just overall life change, or do
0: you think... Stopping drinking just was a good time to pause and kind of reflect on life and reassess. Like, okay, let's let's move these stats in a certain direction. <laughs> like
2: a re-stat or right. yeah, a reroll
0: a min max. I, uh, I don't know.
2: I think it was a lot of things, like uh, living with Elise changed things. Uh, getting close to my partner Audrey changed things. Yeah, uh, having a good support network and stop and stopping drinking. I think a lot of humbling experiences. So yeah, okay, yeah. and um.
0: I've always been fascinated by your guys' friendship. Jeffem, you stay out of this. Just mm-hmm. hype down the video. <laughs> Jeffem's um, here? But the
4: friendship between you i I'm just two, happy being in the middle. It's like a it. warm <laughs> hug.
0: We were talking about on MinFacts a while ago about just that idea of like, it. It drives me nuts in retrospect thinking about, like, you two are such good friends. And, like, that's all people want is they want to hear friendships on mics. They want, you know, I just know. a community. And, like, I felt like a Game of Former, it never came through in a huge way.
1: I don't know why we never leaned into that more. I feel like <laughs> we could have done, like, video content more together. And then again, I was all – I've never been a huge fan of video. So maybe I shied away from that more than I why should have at is? GI. Uh, confidence. Lack of confidence, honestly. And I think – uh, I I don't know. I I, I want to do. I'm I'm hoping to do more with that. And and launcher like we're gonna be doing streaming. We're gonna do video content more. And yeah. Like, so I'll be in front of a camera more than I was. So it'll be good for me.
0: And before every time on camera, you're gonna call JV again. Oh, absolutely. Get a good pep
2: talk. <laughs> I do so, got this. Gonna put this on silence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah. um. But yeah, I think JV and I have been good friends for like a number of years now. I think ever we're since what now. E3 2016 when yeah. we met. I remember when I met JV, I, I honestly, instantly I was like, I want to be friends with this guy. He's a complete dork. And <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a tall, Finally,
0: a dork in the industry.
1: <laughs> a tall dork. And I don't know, we just played off each other yeah. really well. So. Do you
0: think part of it was like you two coming to Game Informer around the same time? And so I kind of felt like, well, we should stick together because we're both a little bit just in a new
2: territory, I'm sure that, learning I think things yeah, probably like a little you know? bit of it, but I think it's mostly we have the same dark sense of humor, mm. and yeah, some other really dumb
1: know. sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. so
0: uh, if we could go back in time and you guys could do any video content that you wanted together at Game Informer, what would you have done? Stream with the cats. Stream with the cats and
1: adventure games.
0: Okay.
2: So the <sighs> slowest games possible. Let's but play
1: point and click adventure games. With cats. <laughs> games. We, ca- with we cats. have the cats
2: play. Oh. <laughs> because Elise's cat is really dumb. That's so be- not
1: true. Mm-hmm. That is not true. Totoro is the smart one.
2: You should test it. You should set up like a series
0: of tests for your cats to figure out definitively which one is smart and which one is I, very dumb.
1: Actually, um, what was it? Last Christmas, I had these. Oh, don't do this. These miniature oh. little, what? Little Christmas packs uh, of like, th- they're. Um, Ah, why can't I talk? Uh, <laughs> these little um, little Christmas gifts, these little boxes. Yeah. And I put them in front of them, and I filled them with treats. And I was like, how quickly, or can either of them actually open them? Uh, and I filmed the whole thing. Corvo was, he had no idea what he was doing. He, he, he like gave up. After, it's because you got him allowed to After like 30 mm. seconds. No, they were the same gift. They were yeah, the same lousy. exact gift. It was Totoro treats. Totoro has it's lower their favorite Salmon flavored treats.
2: Totoro has lower standards. And
1: Totoro mm-hmm. also kind of gave up at first. Then I helped him a tiny bit. But, oh, like, mostly. The he fix was, was in.
4: Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's research oh, bias absolutely. right there. Were hey. the gifts wrapped?
1: No. Uh, th- they were little boxes with a cover on it. like. Oh, okay. Yeah. With a lid.
3: They're and both by the, idiots, they idiots. He smarter. was able to mm-hmm.
1: actually lift the lid with his paw. It's very impressive. I just had to bring him back to it
0: hey Don't everybody this is, is the min max show um, anyway. <laughs> sorry we, you know, we, we are going to be covering stuff this episode because uh, last week's episode was all about us sitting at this table for an eternity uh, mm. but I think the number one sentiment in comments if, if I may summarize everything was like you guys didn't give X game justice you should have spent more time mm. on this game because there definitely were like Jedi in Order, where did it land on the list? Somewhere towards the middle. And it's like we never had, we never poked we too, much too much at that Jenga yeah. piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with this episode, uh, it's going to be the community's chance to uh, tell us exactly why we were wrong and get some more good recommendations out there. So we're going to be calling people up from the exclusive uh, MinMax Discord uh, and having a random chat with people. I feel like on the Game Informer Show podcast, we tried doing this a couple times of just like letting people call in on Skype. Uh, but I think this community is going to be primed and ready and I can't wait for people just to jump in and give some recommendations um, more table setting here. Next week we will take the week off for the min max show. I'm going to be traveling and stuff. So consider this if you really want to savor uh, the podcast over, next couple of weeks, just pause this one every once in a while. Come back to it every day, just little chunks yeah. at a time. Right? There still will be uh, MinMax content rolling out, just not as much. Uh, stuff like The Great Goaty Hunt, we're going to be picking that up, I think, on January 7th, mm-hmm. uh, so the first Tuesday there, so not the first week, um, but after that. Um, so we'll be back with a vengeance then and with a new episode of the MinMax Show and everything like that, but uh, make sure to enjoy your holiday break. Um, let's see, more table setting. Hospitals. Um, we got all those donations. Mm-hmm. Everybody was incredibly generous. We raised over $3,400 from the community. Uh, and I had a very surreal experience going to a Target and then just like going to the electronic section. It's like, um, yeah, I'd like some Nintendo stuff. And they're like, okay, what do you want? It's like, yeah, I'll take a nine Switches.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so
4: everyone was so confused. The security wow. guards just kind of come up, stand right. behind you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But it was a very fun Shopping spree. I promise I wasn't just like grabbing chips off the rack and like throwing everything into the cart. I was trying to be very smart and judicious about like how many copies of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe do we need here and stuff. Uh, But thanks for everybody that donated. That was super fun. Uh, We've given it to the hospital. Hopefully, we'll have some pictures at some point to share. Uh, There is a picture on Minimax's Twitter and uh, Instagram showing like the complete haul and stuff, which is amazing, especially when combined with all the toys that people brought to the Bauhaus uh, first Mm -hmm. meetup. Like it's just Mm -hmm. overwhelming. So it's very sweet. Thank you, everybody. JV, do you want to talk about Star Wars at all? Yeah, I mean we can. Okay,
2: no spoilers. We oh, have- which yeah, Star Wars are we talking about? Fallen Order, or the movie. I want to talk about the movie. Well, I don't think Elise has seen it. I haven't, yeah, seen, I
4: it. haven't seen it either. Okay, yeah.
2: so no so spoilers whatsoever. But you were positive on it. Yeah, I was. I was not as positive on it as like the Last Jedi, but uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it felt more like a fan convention than like you know maybe a traditionally great movie. But- Interesting. I mean, I cried a little bit during Did you? it. you? Yeah, and I, I enjoyed it. There were definitely, like, the beginnings rough
5: it's in so terms of, like, editing. It's so fast. Yeah. It is insane. It's like, like
2: p-
0: there's no greater transition or just, like, difference in Star Wars films going from The Last Jedi, which, you know, is still it, relatively fast. It spashed, takes its time. But it feels like it takes its time, yeah. right? And then the beginning of this, if you watch those back-to-back, I think you would vomit based on the speed of everything that happens in Rise of Skywalker, because it's nuts.
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, but I liked it, ultimately. Oh, good. Yeah, you know.
0: uh, We recorded uh, Max spoilers on that. You can find it on Min Max's YouTube channel, or if you're a Patreon supporter, it should be in the exclusive audio feed. And there were some comments saying, like, Hanson, it felt like you were holding back. And I think it was a little bit, because it's like, I like being positive. I like talking about the things that were cool in the movie. Mm. But then, all in all, it's like, I, I don't think I
2: like that film. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's fair, Like, especially if you're going off of, if you had expectations that The Last Jedi set up, and then this movie didn't, not only didn't execute on them, but backpedaled hard on several of them. In some I think ways, that's absolutely fair.
0: Right. It's an interesting movie. I look forward to you guys seeing it. Anyways, that's enough of that. Do you guys want to start calling the community? Yeah, sure. Cold calling the community. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's see how this goes. Uh, we now have Scott Campbell, known as Stud Muffin, on the line. Hello, sir. That's right.
2: Hi, Scott. Hello.
1: You
0: Hi. are uh, a mod in the Discord, uh, and that was a late entry, but you've done such an amazing job with this community, uh, you're a graphic designer, you've made a sweet MinMax logo that we will absolutely turn into a t-shirt because we hit our goal of 11,000, thanks to everybody in the community, and so we're going to be making a, a lot more merch, and your cool logo will absolutely be one of them, sir.
6: I can't wait. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs>
7: what's,
6: what's your deal? Why are you so nice? Um, I found my true purpose in life, and I think I was just born to be a MinMax community member. So That's very sweet. Do you, are you a member of a lot of Discords? Because you seem to know
0: everything about everything. No.
6: <laughs> I started a Discord and never used it and this is the first one that I've really gotten into.
0: Oh, wow. All right, you're you're very smart. Uh, all tech questions he like has a very beautiful write-up for me like all like the colors and stuff in the official Discord that's all Stud Muffin. Okay, Stud Muffin, what game do you want to champion? What did we get wrong uh, for the big list here?
6: Okay. It's time to give Fortnite some more love. Well, it's been cause... nice
0: talking to you, Stud Muffin. All <laughs> right, we'll talk to you
6: later. <laughs> I mean, you guys talked about it in the best moment which I think it was deserving. But Fortnite did a lot in 2019 besides just blacking out for a few days. <laughs> that, you're
0: right. Yeah. From Good like point. a 30,000 foot view, that's all people want to talk about, right? It's like, that was crazy. All right, moving uh-huh. on.
6: <laughs> it was full of crossovers. I mean, we had Stranger Things, Marvel with Endgame, Batman, Star Wars, and even Borderlands. When Borderlands 3 came out, they did a whole section of the map that was devoted to Borderlands. It changed the art style of that game. So... And it's not just skins either. Like These crossovers include gameplay and modes and new weapons and everything. So, I mean, it's basically becoming the Super Smash Bros of the world's largest franchises. That's a really
0: interesting way to put it. Yeah, you're totally right. And I think, yeah, and the gameplay is still fun? Or has it just grown to a point now where it's just become a more interesting platform than it is game?
6: I love the gameplay loop. Uh, To me, it's super satisfying. And they even... Tweak did a lot this year, so now it's skill-based matchmaking. So no matter how good or bad you are at Fortnite, you can get in there and even fight some bots, so you can get a couple of kills, uh, you can play, and you're not necessarily going to be going up against the expert builders. So, yeah, they did a lot. What about uh, the creative mode? That's what it's called, right? I've never tried it. But really? For the people who love building uh, games like Mario Maker or... Um, Minecraft. I mean, that's gonna be the perfect mode for them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you? So you think we blew it by not having Fortnite on this
6: list? Yeah, you blew it big time. Okay. So cool. I'm canceling my pledge, but I'll still be a mod.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, you take what you can get. All right, Sudmuffin, Muffin. Thank you so much for your excellent work and uh, for a really good year so far, man. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you. See ya. Oh, Jacob Gallery, gotta get Predator Wilds right now, right? Do oh, we have gosh, to? yeah. <clears throat> okay.
2: Here we be go. good. I was just like, I'm I'm kidding, I love Jacob I (laughs) was
8: so happy to hear that I was going to be on with JV and Elise, as well as the rest of everyone who's great.
0: Yeah, I guess we're fine Okay, so you wanted to champion uh, Outer Wilds, Jacob Geller That's right Okay, so why what are we missing about Outer Wilds, other than Kyle not finishing it
8: (laughs) (laughs) So, Outer Wilds I think is it's kind of like the Witness, in terms of effortless learning, that the, the game is teaching you the rules of how to play through just playing the game and kind of you don't know how to do something and you wander away and then you come back and you know how to do it. But unlike The Witness, which was totally these kind of like abstracted, you know, kind of planes that you were, or mazes that you were going through, Outer Wilds is like you are learning laws of physics and, and like, kind of scientific theories and all of these different things that tie into, you know, the the big story of the game, which is great, but also just, like, gameplay mechanics that you truly had no idea existed. and then And then you just naturally kind of come across something that teaches you this whole new way to see the game. And it's just the most kind of effortless learning experience I can remember having with a game, and it just feels like true true exploration and true learning in a way that I've never felt before.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, your game of the year then
8: it's, it is one of my games of the decade. It's like probably, you know, number three of the 2010s.
1: Wow. That's high praise. Yeah. I've heard some people
0: say that it's genuinely one of their favorite games of all time. Now, uh, yeah. On the other side of the fence, we have JV Gwaltney who actually
2: reviewed it for game informer. And you (laughs) you called it a a flaming trash pile. Was that your headline? No, no. no. (laughs) Okay. Uh, it's one of those games where you know Jacob eloquently made the case for it and I get it and I get why people love it but it was not for me. It was not effortless learning for me. I ran into a lot of you know sort of janky sections. Uh, it wasn't ever um, an issue of like oh I don't know where to go. It's like oh I'm struggling with these controls and they're not great and I don't love it and you know there's this weird sort of stealth section later on. Where you have to sneak past a bunch of really cool looking space angler fish who insta-kill you and eat you. Um and it's just there were so many hurdles that I came up against that made me that made me love the idea of the outer wilds much more than like the actual game that I was playing. Right. But for people who didn't run into those frustrations, like Jacob here, or you know, anyone else who says, Oh, it's one of the best games ever, I get it. Yeah. It's just not for me. I don't think it's a bad game. I don't think it's anywhere near a bad game. It is just not for me. Didn't have the spark. Yeah.
1: That, that is pretty much uh, how I feel about it, too. It was the the controls and the jankiness that really kept me from fully enjoying it. But I think term, in terms of exploration and in terms of the different planets that you can visit, there is some really cool stuff there. And um, I would have... I, I didn't play through the whole thing. I never beat it. Um, and it was really just the fact that it was tedious to play that, that kind of kept me from continuing. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if they've if they've tweaked it or patched, you know, some of those things since then. But yeah. I, I struggled at least with, like, the launch version. It,
2: it's definitely a game I want to play, like, four years from now again, to see, like, how... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, to see, you know, if my opinions have changed, because that's happened with games before for Like me. No like Man's Day- Sky,
1: for example. Yeah, No
2: Man's Sky. Well, yeah, but that's not a matter of like, patching it, just in terms of, like, how you will change yeah, your perspective yeah, like, on it. Yeah, oh, like... Oh, okay. Like, Deus Ex Human Revolution. I yeah. played that game when it came out, and I hated it, because it wasn't the Deus Ex that I wanted. Really? But a couple of huh. years later, I revisited it and loved it. Yeah. You know, because I was a different person. So that could totally be the case with Outer Wilds, but... My initial playthrough i did not love that game
0: all right thanks for calling in jacob and giving us another chance to dunk on outer wilds so, now do you feel like <laughs> do you think the ending of that game would have changed kyle's opinion and would have affected the list do you think that he's missing out on a big chunk by not
8: seeing crazy I, I think that the it it ends really strong absolutely it has has a phenomenal ending but even better than that is the feeling of when you finally have all the puzzle pieces and and then the end of the game asks you to put them all together. And it's like, you know, we we call this game kind of like a Groundhog Day type game. You know, in the end of Groundhog Day, when Bill Murray just does everything perfectly, yeah. you know, he like he catches the kid falling out of the tree and he does all of that stuff. It's like, you know, the the ultimate kind of test of your knowledge and everything that is what I found was like the most rewarding thing. And so, yeah, the the feeling of finishing it is something that I think is really crucial to the wide appeal of the game. All right. That's helpful, man. Uh, Jacob Geller, do you want to plug your awesome YouTube channel and your video essays? Uh, My my YouTube channel is Jacob Geller. Go there and watch me talk about Outer Wilds. I have a video <laughs> on it. Oh you
1: do I really great work, like by yeah. the way. Hey, yeah. I, I love your videos. Viewers and listeners, so Jacob much.
2: does amazing work. You should go watch his videos. He's great.
1: I'm super insightful.
2: Learned it all like Game Informer. Oh, very <laughs> sweet. All right.
8: Thanks, Jacob. Talk to you later. Bye.
0: All
1: right. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, that worked out.
2: Nice guy. He's wrong, but nice guy. (laughs) Nice
0: dude. dude. All right, what do you guys like? Ooh, let's see. We just mentioned three. We didn't give enough uh, credit to. Sure. Did you play that, Elise?
1: I have not, but I want to. (laughs) Okay.
0: We're calling up. Probably uh, will
1: during the holiday break.
0: The Lord and Savior here, Flaming Queso, who is Mm. very active on the Discord and very helpful. Hello, uh, Flaming Queso. Hey, howdy. Hey, what's going on? Hey, not much, man. You're on with JV Gwaltney, Jeffum, and Elise and I. Hi. Hey, Queso. Yeah. Uh, That
9: is amazing. What is
1: going on?
0: uh, You know, just we're anxious to learn about Luigi's Mansion 3.
9: Well, my first question is, though, this is important. Yeah. Jeffem, I know you love computers a lot, but... Uh Jv and Elise, are you guys also computer loving cohorts?
2: <laughs> In terms of what, like <laughs> coding or yeah, like the actual? Intro a dumb, kit.
0: It's a dumb inside joke. That's that's lovely. Uh, my hometown newspaper wrote about Max <laughs> and they described uh, Jeffum and Kyle and surreal as my quote. Computer loving cohorts.
3: Oh God! Yes. Oh, that <laughs> absolutely. <right>? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love. I will be a computer loving cohort. Mm-hmm. They're
4: cohorts for sure. Yeah.
9: Oh yeah, big time cohorts, name
3: dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, Flameyqueso, thank you. It's wonderful to hear your voice and uh, not to see a name uh, constantly popping up in the Discord. But you've been a, an amazing champion of the MinMax community so far, man.
9: Thank you very much. Yeah, um, it's it's just been a lot of fun, man. That, that's a great community that you guys kind of put together and. Yeah, Discord, like you said, is a Shangri-La, but I mean, even more than that, it's it ends up being a pretty hilarious place at times. Those uh, so stupid gun
0: emojis, up. I should be annoyed by them by how frequently they're put in the Discord, but it makes me laugh every time. It's just like, people have emojis of our faces, or just like different faces, oh, no. and then like different hands of gun emojis, so it's just like this constant standoff with different expressions, and it's so funny They line me. up
4: amazingly well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay, flaming Case, so Luigi's Mansion 3, uh, what did we get wrong on our list, man?
9: Uh, You guys said some good things about it. Kyle said some really nice things, um, but then it ended up just kind of falling off immediately. So I just really wanted to to push it back on there. It doesn't have to be at the top, you know, even in the top of the 10 list, but somewhere in there. And here's why I'm thinking it. I mean, because I don't have a ton of notoriety, I'm just a a melty pot of cheese, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let me give you, uh, let me do a little get a load of this here real quick. Mm -hmm. Get a load of this.
0: Man, he's got. So
9: on November thirteenth, a little uh, some some random guy. You guys might know him. I I don't know if you know him. Some guy by the name of at the real Andy Mack.
0: Oh, interesting. Tweeted
9: out. Had to do some traveling today, and it gave me some time to finally sit in Luigi's Mansion three. And I got to tell you, this game is incredibly charming. Love all the little details and interactions in the world. I'm. mitten and he had a bunch of heart eye emojis yeah (laughs) and then one more one more get a load of this um jason schreier of kotaku on november 6th said during a time when everything is terrible thank goodness for luigi's mansion 3 which is just a delight to play no doubt that was during kind of the dead bin um Mm -hmm. kotaku Mm -hmm. uh, stuff that went down this year and I, I mean, I think that that Jason Schreier one speaks volumes to what I love about Luigi's Mansion too, and that it's that game is just a delight all the time. Yeah,
0: and it's really interesting if you want to zoom out a little bit, just like what a strange piece of comfort food it yeah. was. Like Kotaku is going through a tough time, you know. Andy's been pretty stressed out this year, and it's fascinating that like this is the game that both of them go to of like mm-hmm. trying times in the journalism space, and it's like, oh, but thank God Luigi's still scared of these stupid <laughs>
3: guys. <laughs>
9: No, exactly. I mean, and it ends up coming all together. Like, it just ends up being a fun time every moment that you're playing that game. Um, You guys put it on your best thing list, which I think is exactly right. Um, (laughs) But at the end of the day, like, the other thing I love about this game is it's so approachable, and it's approachable by everyone. Little kids, older kids. Like, it's the perfect amount of challenge. And it really has a level of polish that we haven't seen before. And if the only negative thing that was said about Luigi's Mansion is that oh, it's just another Luigi's Mansion. Well, we haven't had a console Luigi's Mansion since, what, 2001? That's a great Long point. So, yeah, for sure.
0: <clears throat> no, great points, man. Yeah.
9: I really think Luigi's Mansion should get up there.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's like why in 2017, like, I put uh, Breath of the Wild is my number one, even though I've probably, like, love Wolfenstein more, is because yeah. of, like, oh, I needed this sort of, like, joyous exploration in this really bad year. Right. Yeah. You know, so I think that's totally a valid reason to argue for a game for game of the year it
0: is yeah and especially like it helps so much mm-hmm. too and it's like we don't have to speak for game informer and like at mid max we can just be like well I love this you know Kyle loved Pokemon and Luigi's mansion this year because he played with his family and he loved it so much mm-hmm. like I love Baba as you because it's like one of the few games like my girlfriend and I overlap on and we had such a good time playing it. It's yeah. like, you know, it's funky, but at the same time it's like we can only go off our experience and oh, those definitely. other people boost the experience, you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: sometimes it's not even just about how quality the game is, it's also your your personal experience with it.
0: Yeah, oh, All absolutely. Right. So, uh, thank you so much, Flaming case So uh, keep up the good work, dude. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys keep up the good work. Really appreciate it. All right, take care, thank man. Thank you. Uh, JV, do you want to move uh, your Spy House coffee cup so the Wall of Heroes uh, will get their honor? Oh, yeah. That's
2: probably a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine. Sorry about that. Uh,
0: Oh, interesting. Um, We have... Do you guys want to hear defense? Oh, here we go.
1: Goose game. Yeah. We got to give Mm -hmm. goose game. Oh, my God.
0: Goose game not make the list. It did not make the list.
1: Unbelievable. What?
0: Yeah, all right, we're calling
4: Belly It. I'm punching both of you. All right, that's very fair. <laughs> I didn't play it. That's the only reason I I didn't have anything to say. You monster. I know. Hello, Belly It.
1: The goose looks down on you. Belly It, Belly
0: It. <laughs> Not names. picking up. See, these goose people. Yeah. Oh. Flaky. Flaky. Goose or geese? Geese. Uh, you know. Do you think they'll call the sequel
2: Untitled Geese Game? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be a thing. co op? No, they'll give it a title.
1: Untitled Geese I will put money on that. It will have
0: co op and it'll be called Untitled Geese Game. Right there. There you go. All right. Sorry, oh, Uh I'm Not sad. picking up. Therefore, want, oh, no defense goose. allowed. Goose goose. Oh, here's a weird one uh, Trails of Cold Steel 3. Is it Kim what? Wallace? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jumping <in> the Discord. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> this is Forest L. Forest L. Do these people know you're Ooh. calling them? And it's assumed. Hello, Forrest it's assumed. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, real good. Forrest. You're on with me and JV Gualtney and Elise Favis and Jeff Markiafava. Hey. Hi, I was very cool. excited to see you jump in that chat and say Trails of Cold Steel 3. Why should this game get more love this year, man?
3: Uh
10: it's one of the strongest JRPUs I've played. Um from the main cast to just like random shopkeepers, like everyone feels like an actual character, like after almost every major story beat um, everyone in town has new things to stay. it's like the same feeling you get when you return to the Normandy on Mass Effect after a mission you're like oh hey everyone has something interesting to say i want to see what check in what this person's doing
0: yeah it's intimidating though because i i played the first one um a little bit and it's like the idea of going into the third one now i remember even Kim Wallace was like yeah don't do it unless you're playing all of them
10: yeah it's a you really have to play the other games to kind of really get it but if you do, it's just really worth the time you invest in it, even though it's really, really long.
0: Yeah, just the a good combat, classic JRPG.
10: Yeah, the combat has like a really large amount of depth, and to really get through it, you really have to understand not only your party but like the enemy you're fighting, and like good tactics. The UI is like insanely slick, and just like is a turbo mode, which is like the best thing in JRPGs.
2: Mm, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, when I was a Game Informer, Kim Wallace spent years. Like trying to convince a lot of us to play right. Trails of Cold Steel, and I haven't yet. Yeah. But hearing all of like the Mass Effect, in particular, like you know comparisons, and having a lot of free time now for some reason, yeah, might get me to hop on that train. It's weird of Cold too, Cold Steel. like
0: the fact that this year there's like two. I know Fire Emblem isn't a JRPG. But, you know, it has some of those trappings, but just that idea that, like, the two games are both set in a school, Mm -hmm. Japanese, you know, RPG-inspired. It's it's a weird overlap, and I think a lot of people are like, well, I had that itch scratched by Fire Emblem this year. But maybe, JV, you seem like the kind of guy who would actually blast through every Trails of Cold Steel.
2: It depends, because I just have a bad history with JRPGs in terms of, like, finishing them. Yeah. You know, like it depends on how traditional it is. If it's something like a Final Fantasy old school JRPG, I probably won't finish it just because there's something about the tediousness of those games. But if right. they're like if there's like an interesting twist on that battle system or there's, you know, something there to keep me coming back to it, I'll probably like play through the whole series. Yeah, right. Yeah. On. Hey, Forrest L, thanks so much, man. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah,
3: thanks. Thank you. Good
10: luck.
0: Bye.
2: All right. What else do we
0: like here? Um oh, Sekiro, people want to fight for. We talked about it a fair amount. JV, oh, interesting face. Uh, I don't want to talk that game. Here we go. Slay the Spire. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. A game Hell that we did not. yes. So this is DeFeo who we're calling up here, uh, wanting to fight for Slay the Spire. Hello, DeFeo. Hey, what's up, guys? Oh, my gosh. Your mic sounds amazing. Uh, this is Ben Hansen, You're on with JV Gwaltney, Jeffem, and Elise Favis.
5: Hey.
1: Hiya. Oh, Hi. Oh, it's such an
5: honor.
0: Uh, thank you for your generous donations, by the way, uh, for the sweet toys for sick kids. Oh, stop it! Oh, okay. I guess I'll stop. <laughs> it. He said he didn't want to be called out. He wanted to be a quiet hero. Uh, you wanted to fight first, lay the
2: spire, and I will fight alongside him. That yeah. game, in rules.
4: I got your back All too right. on that one. Did you I- just start it, Jeffem? No, I, I told you guys that I played it, but it, it was one of those where it's like, I'm the only one at the table who even knows what this is. You so. should have called I me. I know what
0: it is. It's the Dantac card thing where you're going through <laughs> okay, the dungeon. Okay, it's a Dan good Tack game, though. Okay, <laughs> let,
5: Defeo, All right, let DeFeo Defeo, Defeo defended. Uh,
0: why do you love Soleil Aspire so much, DeFeo?
5: Uh, well, obviously, I think games that come out in January February kind of like get lost in the hype of the later year. For sure. Mm-hmm. And it was a game that I came back to Time after time after time. Um, they recently added a third character. They will be adding a fourth character. They, it first came out on PC, but now it's on PS4 and Switch. I think it breaks kind of the mold of these card-based games. You know, it's not a Hearthstone. It's not like an MTG clone. It's something that's completely different. And in a way, it's like an action-adventure tower climb. And I think that what they did in character and boss fights mechanically is very interesting because not every run is going to be the same and you know it has those roguelike elements that sure you could like fudge it and always do a dagger build on the silent or always do like a max block build but i think that if you love it enough that you have endless amount of play available to you
2: yeah it's it's easily the most addictive game I have played in like the last two years. Like I did that Switch thing. I don't know if you guys did it, where you looked at like your Switch stats oh, yeah. and saw like, oh, here's how much time I spent playing my Switch. Here are the games that I, you know, played the most. Stardew Valley was my number one because I put like 80 hours into that. Oh wow! But uh, Slay the Spire was right. Beneath it at like 70 really? or something. Oh, yeah. wow. And I didn't even think about it. I was like, wow, I really spent that much time with that game. But it's so good. And it's so good at getting you to keep replaying it in single sessions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. DeFeo, I mean, do you have a personal list? Where is it in your
5: in your ranking for the year? Um, I think that's difficult for me because time invested versus enjoyment is like a an odd thing. Yeah. I only have 48 hours in Slay the Spire, but it was something that I came back to time and time again. Right. Um, it would definitely be in top three. I personally think my number one is Apex. I know uh, PX Sausage wanted to champion that, so I didn't want yeah. to take his fire. But okay. But get a leave a little earlier. But um, and my other one would be Team Fight Tactics, and I know that there's someone else that wants to champion that. Yeah, we'll jump but, to that one next. Yeah, they're definitely. It's definitely in my top five. Um, there's a lot of games that came out this year that I didn't get to finish, so. I know that those three for me are very important to 2019. Yeah,
1: have you heard of Grifflands, the game? It's uh, it has a very similar. It's, it's coming out. I don't know what in, in a year maybe you're saying. It's like early it? access. It's it's right. in beta and early access on Steam, and it has a very uh similar premise like. Uh, like, game structure-wise. Uh, is it on Steam or is Slay it Epic Spire.
0: Game Store, maybe? It's Epic. It is Epic? Oh, is okay.
1: it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's from epic.
2: Clay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and but... it, anyway, I I play a little bit, and it's really cool. So it makes me want to go play Slay of the Spire, because I've never actually You
2: should that. play Slay of the Spire for you. It's on my Switch. You yeah, play
1: and it I know it did that concept first. The...
4: It's yeah. very good. It's also on Xbox Game Pass, too. Oh, yeah. so there, you there we go. You're out of reasons not to play it. But it's perfect for the Switch. What's...
5: What's that smart thing that people say that, like, uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery? That's right. Yep. <laughs> I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that Slay the Spire did something kind of super insane because now there's, like, you know, upteen versions of this. Like, I never heard of Grifflands before, and I'm looking at it on, on Steam right now. And there's other games like Blood Card and other things like that that bring in this whole build a deck, fight a thing, and do a thing. And I, I think it just needs to get more credit, more love. And I know it's like a Dan Tack joint, but I love to hear that. <laughs> no. hey, Three of the four people I'm talking it, to like it. It yeah, is, yeah, it it is sure. a great
2: game in spite of the fact that Dan Tack likes it. Wow, great point. Hey, DeFeo, thank you so much for your great work in
0: the community,
5: man. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate right. it. Thank you.
0: Have a good thanks. one. Bye. All right. Uh, Teamfight Tactics, I think, is a really interesting choice um, that we should. I don't even know what that game I is. Don't, yeah, have That. that oh, here we go. Uh, I know this fella. Let's call him up. Uh, jump to him. This is Nail, otherwise known as Michael Moran. Uh, and he's on the wall of heroes behind us. Also, I played StarCraft 2 with him. Oh. Let's see if he's home. This. Hello, Michael.
11: Hello, Ben. It's good to hear your voice again. It's
0: been so long
2: since we talked. So long since we played games together, man. Is this really a person named Michael? Because I swear to God, I thought that was Leo.
0: Oh
11: no,
2: really. it really is oh. not secretly Leo. <laughs> high praise. That is very high praise.
0: Yeah, hang on. Tell us a joke. Give them the text. No. You're on with Elise, JV, and Jeffa, man.
1: Hey. Oh, hey, uh, Becca, That is an
0: honor. Big yeah. Big fans, guys. Big fans. It's very sweet. Um, remember uh, when you cried after a Starcraft game because I beat you so bad?
11: Yes, I'm still recovering emotionally Great. and physically. Actually. Okay,
0: <laughs> cool, thank you. Uh, you wanted to fight for team fight tactics.
11: Yeah, I feel like uh, that whole genre deserves some mention, right? As much as we all love strand games, <laughs> I feel like auto-battlers were the real breakout genre in terms of new genres this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think it deserves some representation. And like similar to kind of how Battle Royales went last year, I think the third-ish developer to take a shot at it is the one that really struck gold, and that's
0: Riot. Interesting. Um,
11: yeah, I think... Teamfight Tactics is just really simple and accessible, but there's a lot of room for depth, kind of like a lot of TCGs. I'm a fan of TCGs, and this is basically a drafting trading card game, but with a property that I also happen to love. I know it probably none of you guys play League, and uh, Surreal is the only one who seems to be in a mobas, but it is a really popular property, and I think they made the best auto battler this year.
0: Yeah. So even if you don't have any love for Dota or League of Legends, you'd say go to Teamfight Tactics over anything else?
11: Uh, I think so. Obviously, if you did like Dota, you'll probably have more fun in with Underlords. But yeah. I had plenty of friends who hate League, are annoyed by the community and the game itself <laughs> and its popularity, um, the Fortnite of old, if you will. Yeah. But they all downloaded this client just to play Teamfight Tactics. I think it hit like, uh, they had like 33 million players each month for the first... Few months.
0: Yeah, um, but still. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but you're you're right. still, yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. You, we should absolutely uh, give that tip of the cap this yeah. year. It's huge for so many players out there.
11: Yeah, I think it's the next logical progression with that whole RTS to MOBA to now this taking away uh, the need to micro and control a lot of units and just focusing purely on strategy. Um, so if you don't like StarCraft like me and Hanson, this is a bit slower paced. Yeah. And the MOBA or the, the mobile version, I think, is coming next year, which should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Michael, thank you so much for uh, fighting for auto-battlers, man. Yeah,
2: thank you, Michael. Hey, thank you guys. All right, take care, dude. See ya. I
1: don't
2: f***ing believe you for a second. That was Leo. Are you serious? I
1: I don't think he sounded that I think he sounds like
2: Leo. There's no way that was Leo. Do you, I know it's been a while, but do you
0: remember what Leo sounded like? (laughs) The sexiest
2: voice in the world.
0: It's very good. (laughs) I like how distinct Leo's voice is. Um, Okay, let's see. Okay, Belliot's trying to call. Let's try it here.
1: This was Goose Guy?
0: I think so. <laughs> Goose Guy. Hello, Belliott? Hey, hello. Oh, good God. Uh, all right, we tried calling you earlier, and now uh, you're on the line with JV and Elise and Jeff and I, and you wanted to talk about Untitled Goose Game. I
12: did, yes. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay, more than a joke. You're saying this holds up as one of the greatest games of the year.
12: I truly think this is the best game of the year. Yes. Number one? I definitely think so. Yes. There you go. Okay, why is that? To me, it comes down to that this uh, Untitled Goose game is that game that um, a- advertisers and stuff, you know, we always hear this kind of repeated thing of like, in video games, you can be whatever you want. Um, and But so often... The games are kind of the same. Untitled Goose Game is truly a game that we have never seen anything like it before. You're just a weird little goose and you walk (laughs) around the neighborhood snowing chaos.
3: It's
12: just a truly unique experience. And I love that they fully delivered on it and did the perfect job with an absurd, weird premise.
0: Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And I think for me, I wanted more of that sheer chaos and less like finicky Puzzles, but again, I'm very stupid and I'm not uh, very hip to puzzles overall. Uh, really, what do you want from the future of the Goose series franchise? Franchise. Uh, I,
12: I think the truthful answer is I don't want more from the Goose series. Mm-hmm. I want, like, the more things in that spirit of, like, here's a weird idea that shouldn't be a full game, but we've put in the time and effort to make, like, a really charming full realization of just a strange idea that maybe vaguely relates to something you can see in real
2: life. Untitled Sabertooth game. Got it. Sabertooth? Yeah.
12: Like a Sabertooth tiger? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a weird pull. <laughs> yeah. Untitled Woolly Mammoth game. I would yeah. play that. Yeah. Smart.
0: Uh, was any other part of the game of the year debate frustrating for you? Were you listening to it and you're like, Oh, they're blowing it outside of goose game.
12: No, I feel like that was my biggest thing. It was, it was, it was I, I, I don't, Uh, get a chance to play a ton of games, but like the ones that I did play that were on the list seemed great. The ones that I didn't get a chance to play that had high praise, it it felt right to me. The only thing that kind of stuck out to me was I I was thinking, and I was talking with some of the people in the MinMax voice chat before this about like um, uh, uh, Jackbox Party Pack. Yeah. And how it is so hard to rate those because so much of it is who you are playing with. And if you have a good time with them.
0: Right. You might as well just be reviewing your friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so but,
2: those games are garbage for me.
0: <laughs> now that Elise has moved, yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Hey, thank you so much for your call, Belly I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, Thanks for you. time. All right, take Thanks. care. Uh, okay, we got so many good ones to choose from. Um, Unprofitable Servant here wants to fight for Division 2, which was one that we didn't give uh, much Yeah, at Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
2: Oh, you played a lot of it, J.B.? Yeah, I'd, I'd fight for him. Oh. Or I'd fight with him, yeah. I guess.
0: it was. It's, it's a weird thing because it came out and everyone's like, this is really solid. And then I feel like people just, the storyline bubbled up that like, oh, well, it kind of trailed off. So, meh. Yeah. But you got to give credit for Ubisoft pulling that off. And I feel like they've been really good at communicating with their audience, too. Yeah. Like their specific Ubisoft community. Oh, it's a shame. Unprofitable servant.
1: Not picking up.
0: Not picking up. Oh, steam. All right. We'll come back later. Um, what about oh here you go, JV. Uh-huh. Oh, actually, here's two for you. Oh no. Let's go for observation oh. from James yes. Smith here. Great. Thank you for swearing just as much. Hello, James Smith. Sorry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hey, you're on with Elise, JV, and Jeffum. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hey
7: uh, Hi, how's everyone? We're doing good. real
0: good, doing real good. You wanted to fight for Observation. I did, yeah. Uh, so you cringed when we cut it from the list for the min-max?
7: I, I did. I <laughs> feel a lot of hate that I have for you. So.
0: Yep, all right, well, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> the show is yours. I've turned it over to you. So uh, Observation, what wowed you about that this year?
7: Um, I don't know. Like I'm not a big on horror games myself, but uh, Observation does a lot of stuff really well in like, how it scares you, sort of psychologically. So, like, there's not some big, like, monster chasing you or something like that. It's more like it does a lot of really good stuff with the puzzles as well, I think. So it does, it has, like, sort of less traditional puzzles where there's a lot of sort of space station equipment and it's all sort of, uh, it looks, it's very much like how you would expect space station stuff to look and it sort of expects you to figure it out, but it does a really good job of walking that line of sort of, stuff being sort of looking intimidating but also yeah. not being too difficult to understand that you feel like an idiot right you and J-
2: jv you love this game too right yeah it's like my number six okay on my game of the year list i think and you i mean alien's your
0: favorite film of all time
2: yes? alien is absolutely my favorite film of all time this feels like alien in 2001 smashed together and put into a game
0: Really, yeah. with some puzzles thrown in there for good measure.
2: Yeah, um, I guess two
0: thousand one's the ultimate puzzle.
2: Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's developed by the people who did Alien Isolation by like ten people from that team.
7: Oh, like okay, so they left that team and yeah. formed
2: this new one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
7: it's uh, no code, and they're actually in Glasgow, funnily enough, which yeah. is nice. Oh,
2: interesting,
0: and that's
7: where you are. I'm uh, I'm near Glasgow, near enough. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> hey,
0: James Smith, you've been really great in the community. Any um, anything you'd like us to get better at for next year with MinMax?
7: Uh, no, I think he's doing a good job so far. Look at that, Jeff. I'm,
4: awesome. That was directed at you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Even well, though hey, it wasn't. James Smith, thank you so much for your call, man. Appreciate it.
2: Have a good one, James. Thank you. Uh, no
1: Thanks. Thanks. B- bye. What
2: a hero. He was right. Observation rules.
0: It
1: is a good game.
4: Okay, JV.
0: Yeah,
1: I feel like
4: I have like five more games that I have to play now. I know. I thought <laughs> I was done with the 2019 I think you'd really now. like
2: Observation.
4: Yeah, I think, I think
1: you would too. It does some cool stuff with Perspective, too.
2: It's pretty short, too. It's like it's six, six hours.
1: Yeah, I wanted to check it, it out. Can, it's yeah.
4: just it's another one of those many games that yeah. I didn't get to. And that
0: it story did. is wild. It was crazy to like have that moment of like, wow, we recorded uh, our game of the year discussion. I have my top 10 list locked. And it's now I can play anything. And it's like, well, I got to finish Disco Elysium. Oh, that's insane. I haven't played more Death Stranding. And then you start piling it up. It's like, oh, I'm still just in the yes. thick of it here. Yeah. Uh, Okay, hey Jv, this is one for you Mm. from the classic Nick from Atlanta, uh, Asian Perk, in the Discord. Okay, Uh, he wants to fight for Monster Hunter World Iceborne.
6: Yeah, sure. Okay, all right, buddy.
2: Okay, no need to get defensive. I don't have I don't have PTSD from that game.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All
0: right, let's see if Asian Perk will pick up.
1: Uh, I remember you and Kim like beating your heads against the wall with it.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. Was it a positive experience all in all, or was it just brutal to, to blast through it? i have still recovered. Ask me two years from now. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, Nick, it didn't pick up, but let's go You're back to Unprofitable Servant. in a very bad Servant. mood while
1: you were playing that game.
0: <laughs> Is it the game's fault? Yes. Okay. Hello, Unprofitable Servant. Yes, hello. Hello. Um, We were trying to call you a while ago. What game did you want to champion again?
13: Uh, I'm here to talk about Hamilton as the greatest work of all time. <laughs> <laughs> about
0: time, man. By the way, did you see Knives Out
13: yet? I'm... Um, going on Monday that movie rules
1: rules, and
0: there's just a very fun quick Hamilton reference was like I love it I love what a weird time and place it is Um, but okay realistically unprofitable servant what did you want to champion here
13: the division two
0: that's right Mm -hmm. okay make your case what did we blow by not playing more division two this year
13: so I have a short list here five points I'd like to uh, put out there First of all, it is a great recreation of Washington, D.C. Uh, tons of awesome landmarks. I think uh, best world re- best city recreation I can think of in a game. Interesting. Uh, so that's point one. I think the uh, navigation in that world, the movement is just awesome. You know, the cliche closing the door as you're moving along the car. Um, yeah. You know, that's part of it. But I think you can run and jump through windows so quickly and easily you slide across the hood of a car it just feels pretty badass if i'm honest
0: yeah for sure
13: um and then um i think you know the story is not anything special but there's actually pretty interesting like found footage and um collectible uh notes and stuff like that you can find uh you know survivors debating you know the futility of existence and just
0: yeah. So like the larger control, story doesn't really build up too much. Cause I you know what? That was a big takeaway. A lot of people were like, I don't know who those characters were. I don't know what was going on there, but just minute to minute, you think there's interesting details in that world.
13: Yep. And so that's number three, number sure. four progression, uh, through the city as you're clearing out like sector by sector, it's just a nice satisfying sort of progression. You take a control point and it just happens pretty naturally. I think that was, um, a nice sort of loop. And then, uh, finding encounters in the world is just way more natural and uh, satisfying than, like, Destiny, where you're just trying to avoid people to get to the next thing.
2: Yeah. Um, yes, All la- right. Okay. I just, was just going to say, point number six, the interiors in that game rule. Like, so many open world or, like, shared universe games with yeah. other players, all the insides of buildings look the same, but every single building you go into the division feels unique. Not right. even, like... Because it's know, like an actual museum. Not it, not does it not even, have no, that
1: like "What Remains of Edith Finch" effect, where like every room feels like very unique?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even talking about like the Smithsonian and stuff. I'm talking about oh, office building on the street corner. You know, this looks way different than the other office building, like any other office building in the world. Mm-hmm. Every place feels unique, even from the big spaces to the small spaces. That never happens. Ever in that yeah. kind of game,
0: right? And it's crazy that the final boss encounter is in Elisa's apartment. Yeah. I didn't. It's see. actually it's actually
2: her cat. Yeah,
4: <laughs> uh, but unprofitable servant had an, yes. had
0: none. Your fight. final
4: point, sir.
13: Yeah, sorry. Final point. Uh, I think they've done a decent job of uh, supporting it post-launch. Uh, they made uh, a roadmap, spacing out the releases throughout the year, and uh, it's all free. So good monetization on their part again. Um, I think. One of the best uh, things, like you're just mentioning with the environments, this is, the zoo is one of the uh, post-release maps, and it's oh. just phenomenal. You go and have a shootout in like the crocodile layer; it's it's oh. awesome.
0: Not since Army of Two 40th Day has there been a good zoo in a video game.
2: I think I think yeah, like it's probably the best live service game that came out this year to me in terms of like. This is a game that came out this year, and they supported it with, like, great stuff. Yeah. Like, from the get-go, it was great, and it's been, you know, pretty good support since then.
0: And I gotta say, I mean, I only played the first couple hours or something, but compared to so many other games in that that vein, I think it does an amazing job on-ramping. Yeah. Which is... An unbelievable challenge for that entire genre, right? But it's like, I was not, I get turned off by complexity really easily. And going into that game is like, okay, like it keeps you moving at a really good pace and doesn't overwhelm you with just menus and numbers and all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. uh, Profitable Servant. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Take yeah. care. All right. Thank you, one.
3: All
0: right. Now we're back to Sir Asian Perk. Uh, we all recall exactly what he was fighting for. Oh, I remember now. Monster in a World, World. Iceborn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's bring JV back to the pits of hell uh, together. Hello. Hello, Nick from Atlanta. Hey, how's it going? Oh, real good. Uh, thanks for calling in. You wanted to champion Monster Hunter World Iceborne.
14: Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, first of all, thank to you, to Ben, Jeff, um, JV, and Elise for, you know, taking my call. Wow. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Very welcome. Um, yeah, I mean, Monster Hunter World Iceborne, you know, like, I'm not going to talk too much about the base game because, you know, that's kind of been there, but it's for, for me, it's a lot of the improvements that they've they've brought to iceborne um and you know kind of with typical monster hunter releases before they have the base game where you have low rank and high rank and this is the equivalent of the g rank expansion right. so you know they've done the typical thing where they add a lot of um new monsters the roster is nearly doubled so it's gone from 36 to 66 monsters um, but a lot of it is also you know just kind of how you hunt um, trying not to get too much into the spoiler area for it but kind of the real end game area. Um, they, it has a really cool thing where it kind of brings together um, different regions um, from the from the whole expansion. Right. And uh, it's going to be over gameplay. That's um, cool.
0: Uh, and, oh, go ahead. So Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, did you, uh, were you beating your head against a wall like JV was? Or uh, challenge-wise, how would you no. find it?
14: Um, so I've I played... A lot of Monster Hunter. I mean, like since Iceborne's release, I've I've done two hundred and fifty hours. Oh like, my god! I, I hit six hundred sixty-six hours in the game before um, Iceborne even released it. What? The um, hell? And I, I've <laughs> yeah, I I have played probably even prior to World. I've put two thousand hours into the series, um, just between um, three Ultimate and four.
0: That is mind-boggling, um, dude. Okay, no yeah, wonder you love it's, this.
14: It's probably too much.
0: What um, do you think but, they can go back yeah. in the future and not have the what's it called the the clutch claw, or does that just need to be a staple for Monster Hunter moving forward now?
14: Um, yeah, I mean, I I see that as something that is gonna stay with the series. I mean, like this is this is one of the mainline. This is like the basically Monster Hunter Five. So I don't see them going back on that. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, one of the additions with Iceborne was, um, the clutch claw attacks where you can kind of weaken a monster's, um, particular part and kind of, you know, you know, one of the big things of the, sh- the game is, um, you know, different weapons have different effect- effectiveness for different parts and the clutch claw weakness lets you kind of, um, you know, take su- part of like each part's resistance away. So, you know, a lot of monster hunters specifically like, okay, I need you know the tail part for um you know this armor piece that i'm making um so you can weaken the tail to you know make it easier to break and everything yeah so i like i found that to be a really great addition and the uh the new raid like um or the new siege you know really plays into that um you know that's part that's like i know you know this was very much not a um you know a, a game that the the table played but i was kind of disappointed that it didn't get brought up during the uh Uh, Capcom award. um, Yeah, you're right. Just Mm -hmm. kind of based off of (laughs) all the content that they've put out for Iceborne for free and um, also how they've listened to like community feedback with the Guiding Lands area.
0: Yeah. Uh, JV, when you look back at your time with Iceborne, do you have, do
2: you appreciate the game or is it just rage for dozens of hours? Okay. I need to give some background here (laughs) because it just makes it sound like I played this game and got mad about it. I right. was on the review uh, team with Tim, Kim Wallace. Not yeah. Tim Wallace. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was reviewing the game, and I was her only backup mm-hmm. through it. So I reached a point in the game, like three-fourths of the way through, where we just kept beating our heads against the wall because we needed more players. Yeah, And so we reached out to Capcom USA to like see if we could round up some people to help us. And they wrote us mm-hmm. back, and we we're like, Oh, you guys are ahead of us. That's insane. <laughs> so that's my relationship with that game. Is we hit a wall and then spent like something like five hours on each monster after that, a piece. Yeah. And it was just so insanely stressful because Kim was running up against a tight deadline. Oh my god. Yeah, and and that, like it was much more stressful oh, yeah. for for her, but that, being that, in the blast radius of that, right, yeah. was just oh my god. If I fail here, like that's more stress on Kim. Yeah. So that's my do, relationship do to the game. Do you remember like what point of the game that was? It was uh, it was the dragon that rots everything around it. It was like a modified version of the, one of the dragons uh, in the original game, uh, but it's yeah. basically an undead thing where if you touch it, you get the death poison. Yeah.
14: Yeah. yeah the black Bell Valhazak. Yeah, uh, that's the yeah. one. That one, um, you know, that's one of the ones that is really difficult. Like in you know in base Monster Hunter Valhazak had miasma, um, which. Like, its special effect is it drops your health. Mm-hmm. But Black Fall Hazak has the same thing, but it's it's got a much more area of control to it. So, yeah, I, that, I can definitely see that as a really hard point for that. Yeah. For sure. Well, but, hey,
0: Asian Perk, thank you so much. Uh, Jeff, I'm had One final message. Well,
4: I was just going to say that that always makes sense when someone is playing a game that takes a huge investment and they're up against a review deadline that is absolutely going to change, you know, your experience with that. Mm-hmm. But I think... For fans like Nick, that yeah. that totally makes sense. That they would want that very long game that they can invest all those hours in.
0: Yeah. So yeah, 100 yeah, for yeah. giving them that. Yeah,
2: that, yeah. I didn't intend any of that to be a knock against that game. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. just my relationship to it.
0: 100. percent Hey, Asian Burke. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much, man. Appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah.
2: thank you. Have a good thank one. You. Take care. Thank Bye. you.
0: Uh, I saw a very interesting choice in here from uh, Mr. Schaefer. Minnesota. Interesting or. Minnesota, interesting. Um, no, I just don't think I know too much about it. That is Surge 2 from Schaefer Oh, yeah. Here. That Yay. is a
2: weird choice. No one's
0: talked about it this year, have they? No one on planet Earth has talked about Surge 2. Hello, sir. Hello. How's it going, ma'am? Going okay. Good. You're on with uh, JV, Elise, Jeffem, and myself, and you wanted to talk about Surge 2.
15: Yeah, uh, so... I I should start by saying I'm not going to argue this for the top of the list. Okay. uh, This game totally lives in the bottom half. If you... All right, so we've all played the original Call of Duty, and then a few years later when Call of Duty 4 comes out, you're basically doing the same thing, but it's just so much better, and everything around the outside of it is just, like, right there to hook you. Right. This is basically that, but
0: for Dark Souls. Interesting. Controversial take.
15: Yeah, uh, I'm going to get some flack for that, probably. But <laughs> it's it's a game where it's a, kind of like a near future sort of sci-fi take on the Dark Souls formula, like modern day. So the environments are kind of a fresh take. The, the combat's pretty good. The, the character progression is all about getting new weapons and armor from the enemies that you're fighting. So you don't really have to like find any kind of hidden treasure chests and stuff. You just naturally get better as you do combat. And there's a lot of kind of fun, kind of Metroidvania style hooks of just different ways to traverse the environment that are really fun, and the level design makes pretty cool use of it. Did you have a better? And,
0: did you have a better from software experience with this game over Sekiro this year?
15: Uh, I did, but there's no way in hell I can argue that. Like, <laughs> like it's it's clearly not a better game, yeah. but I personally had more fun mm. with
0: it for sure. Yeah. Hey, cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for the input. Um, anything you want to see from MidMax in the next year? Uh, more stuff. I don't more know. More stuff. You you guys do what you're gonna do. It's I've been enjoying it so far. That's very sweet. We will make more stuff for yes, sure. Yes, we can guarantee more stuff. Yep. Right now as a hot exclusive for 2020. <laughs> sweet. Well, hey, thanks for your time, sir. Yeah, thank you. Thank right, you. Thank you. Uh, I like that choice. That uh, was
1: interesting. He it's funky. Fresh. Explained it very well too.
0: Funky fresh. Um. Oh, here's a here's a good one. Oh, I want to talk to this person as well.
1: Um, streets of Rogue.
0: Hey, Lisa, have you noticed um, that there's not many women in this Discord? Hello. I noticed that. <laughs> It'd be nice. Uh, hello, Mike Spam.
1: I should join hey, it. Hello. Yes. Anyway, hi. Uh,
0: hello. Uh, you wanted to fight for Streets of Rogue? Yes. I bought
16: it because of you guys, and it's my favorite game of the year.
0: Oh, because of Leo uh, really championing it on the Game Informer show?
16: Yeah. It was the new gameplay they that sold me, and I'm so
0: glad. Oh, wow. This is... Okay, so do you want to explain... I'll just explain. Streets of Rogue, it's kind of like overhead immersive sim uh where it's just all about varying your different skills and the world is constantly changing and surprising you as you're trying to work your way through multiple levels
16: and it's the only game that delivers on the you can do anything fantasy right immersive sim
0: which is a bold claim but it is so flexible it's wild there's so many different jobs and skills along the way because it's a top down
16: like 2D space they can have a lot more systems in there without needing to support like the 3D you can look anywhere they can cut a lot more corners and it works really
2: well
0: yeah, for sure. Streets of Rogue, and don't be confused. It's not a Streets of Rage parody. It's just a rogue-like. I wanted to works. go for something. I
2: remember I, playing a super early version of this in like 2017 at GDC. Yeah, I really should revisit like the final release because I was impressed by what I saw like way back in the day.
0: Yeah,
16: and yeah. it's
2: available on Switch,
0: so uh, it seems like a great game to play on the Switch
16: and playing it multiplayer versus single player is completely different which is incredible just it does everything it sets out to do so well
3: yeah
0: now mike spam uh, you're famous on the podcast for submitting one of my favorite games which is the game faq mm-hmm. trivia
16: yes how did you come to that i really enjoy writing those <laughs> they're so well, much fun i was think way back i was thinking of a game no one's done i was like you know, no one's done anything with game FAQs before, so I'm just going to see what content's on the site. And then I saw just a random answer. I said, this is a really stupid question. How (laughs) many more of these are there?
0: (laughs) It's beautiful. Well, hey, again, I know you said you don't want to do it every week. That's totally fine. Anytime you submit that in the future, odds are very high we'll play it on the show. I think it's super fun, dude. All right, Dude, I love writing it. It's so good. There's so many I have to cut. Yeah, I bet. Okay, well, hey, thanks so much, Mike Spam. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's get a couple more here. Does that sound good? All right, Um, right. Let's see. There was one that stood out. Oh, here we go. Jim Chatterton, which has that, to be a fake that name.
1: not a game I've heard of
0: before. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Uh, he wants to champion Lonely Mountains Downhill.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm. Miller loves that game.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, a religious <laughs> experience yeah, feel with
2: bad it. about that. Hello, Jim. <laughs> Hello, Jim. Hey, okay, Jim. Um, okay, Jim
0: we'll, uh, we'll let you go because it's unlistenable. But thank you for no, wanting to support Lonely Mountains Downhill.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. All right,
0: all right, bye. Bye. All right bye. Anyways, Lonely Mountains Ooh. Downhill is a cool game. You should check it.
1: Out. Oh, <laughs> that is so rough. That's too bad. I
4: yeah. like the idea that <laughs> there's just all these fans and they're like doing their own like normal.
1: Day-to-day things. Day-to-day stuff, yes. And suddenly and they get a call. And we're just calling them out of the
4: blue. And it's like, oh, God, I got to answer. <laughs>
1: we're like, we're terrorizing it like He
4: was
0: like driving and getting out of his car. Then and going through to and- rob a bank. Or- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: As one does.
0: Okay, Aiden also didn't pick up. But, hey, Apex Legends, worth checking out. It's free, everybody. And it does deserve a mm-hmm. nod. Respawn did a really amazing job with that. And the, they the had team's two been busting ass. good good-ish
2: games this year.
0: Yeah. Are you not a Jedi Fallen Order fan? It's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Mr. PR guy has to play it safe these days. Very interesting, JB <laughs> Goldman. Uh thanks for everybody. I know it was a weird format, but thanks for uh, jumping in the Discord channel. And again, if you're listening or watching this and you want to join the Discord channel and talk to these nice folks on a daily basis, uh supporters at any level uh, for our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2 ends you get access to the Discord. Uh thanks again, everybody. Now we gotta move on to some emails. I'm sorry. Community questions. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're a Patreon, Jeffem. Are you aware of that? Oh, we are. Yeah, we as people are now a Patreon. Oh. You know that Patreon lifestyle, Jabe. You know how this works. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have wonderful supporters. People go to Patreon.com/slash/minmax2ns. Uh, the Wall of Heroes and the video version is behind us. If you support us at the hundred-dollar level, uh, you'll get on the Wall of Heroes. The good news is this is the last episode. Not good necessarily. The last episode of December. So it's going to be a whole new refresh with a good chance to get in on the Wall of Heroes throughout the month of January. Mm-hmm. Or, if you support us at the $400 level, like uh, Hero Richard Mady here, we'll read anything you want on the show. A plug for your wife, Absolutely your pet, your business. Anything. Well,
4: you know,
6: within... <laughs> within
0: reasonable. Anything, right. uh, don't legal. do it, Jeff.
4: Don't do it. Uh, so, I'm going to write in. <laughs> I'm going to start su- subscribing at that level. I, I was thinking about
0: that, just to like troll like Easy Allies or something, which I, I love. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I should just support them for one month and just write in with the fact that Toaster Strudels are 3,000 times better than Pop-Tarts and then they removed uh, those ad reads oh, from the show. So wait, they wait, wait. they believe
2: coming. that Pop-Tarts are better than... Yeah. <laughs>
0: what? I, I am still unclear if it's a bit, but if it's a bit, it is the straightest bit I've ever seen Toaster in my life. Toaster Strudels are so much better. There's no question. They're maniacs out there and they need to be stopped. Anyways, the point is, Richard Mady here, he says, what? hey, happy holidays, MinMaxers. You getting cozy in your brand new VR headset? If so, check out To the Top, a first-person platformer that gives you superhuman abilities and the chance to escape from your family with hours of gameplay. Official PlayStation Magazine gave it a nine out of ten. It's available on PSVR, Steam VR, Oculus Home. It's 2020, y'all. Take the leap into the future with. To, to the
3: Top!
0: Thank you so much, Richard. Uh, I saw recently, this is very heartwarming, like some people in the Discord are like, man, Richard beatty has been such a good supporter of MidMac so far, like I'm actually gonna check out To the Top. And then somebody actually streamed it, because in the Discord, mm. there's a channel devoted to like community streams, and someone streamed To the Top, just that's as a tip nice. of the cap for Richard. I thought that was very, very sweet. Nice. Oh, that's very nice. Um, let's see, we have some questions here that wonderful people sent in. Number one, Mark Cruz. What game surprised you the most in 2019? I'll give you an example. I played The Mansion 3, and I was blown away. It surpassed expectations, and how much I enjoyed it. And I was expected to like the game already. What game gave you an oh boy moment while playing, so to speak?
1: Disco Elysium, like
0: just out of nowhere.
1: I I, I didn't. I think it does some really ambitious things with RPGs, uh, and I I I just. I saw it getting a lot of love, but like, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize just how like in depth it would go. And just, I think like the, the idea of just the thoughts in your own brain being like party members is such a weird and wild thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, yeah, it does some really interesting twists on the whole, like, RPG and um, D&D kind of format. Yeah. So Do you have
0: cool. a list for your favorite games of 2019?
1: I'm, I'm still putting that together, but yeah. it's I, I can confidently say Disco Elysium is my game of the year. Really? And JB
2: yeah. same for you? Mm, both it and the Outer Worlds, like, buy okay. for the top spot. Right. Because they're right. so different. Like, the Outer Worlds, obviously outside of... I work... With private division, I do PR for that game, blah blah blah. But yeah. like, also, it's such good comfort. <laughs> he he Food.
1: actually genuinely loves that game. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um,
2: but like, Disco Elysium to me is like an analog would be like hearing punk rock for the first time, or seeing something that totally changes what? like how you approach like, oh, this is what games writing can be from now on. Right. Like it's loud think... and it's angry and it's raw and rough in a way that like. You know, isn't a bad way. Like right. it's like, oh man, I'll, I fucking want more of this. I mean, yeah. there's a
1: whole lot of things that it like risky, cool things that it does. It's, it goes so into like socio political stuff, and it. Um, and I think just dialogue wise, like we were seeing some some games at the end of this year that were really like honing in on that, like um, after party, and even Outer Worlds. Like you can, like you can go through so much of that game and, like, avoid combat with, like, the silver tongue. and like Yeah, yeah. And I think Disco Elysium just takes that to a whole other level where yeah. absolutely everything, like, even, like, descriptions of things is all... All of that text is done in, like, a dialogue form, which is so cool.
2: Yeah, my... The thing that I love most about Disco Elysium is that you've had all these RPGs into a greater degree like fantasy just works and sci-fi works in general that do this sort of thing of, like, You know, oh, I wonder why the elves and, you know, the dwarves and the humans (laughs) hate each other. I wonder what theme that could be, you know, tapping into. And in Disco Elysium, racism is just racism. Like, you know, people hate your partner because he's Asian. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a bunch of like white bigots who are like, oh, we hate that guy because he's from like a different country. And like the two philosophies in Disco Elysium aren't like bullshit versions of capitalism and, uh, communism they're just capitalism they're just straight up
1: right
0: but it's still a kind of different world it's a different world but
2: like those things are like it's real it's real there's no like covering it up with another name to like make it more comfortable it's like oh this makes me uncomfortable i think life is strange
1: life is strange too also kind of does that Hmm. you know uh looking at like trump and looking at modern america through that kind of political lens and not shying away from it not calling it something else i mean they never directly call out trump but there's a border wall and there's you know oh really yeah they go very full into like this is modern america and this is what it's like to be like a a latino american in that in that space huh
4: i had no idea that's what life is strange Two was about
1: yeah, it's That's fun. because it's,
4: great. it's our <laughs> game that we're sure is great, but we didn't play. <laughs> That's true. That's very it does it really well. It how
0: does. do you think, like five years from now, how do you think Disco Elysium will have an impact on the industry?
2: I think it's going to be. I think you'll see a lot of RPGs, like at the studio level, trying to tap into that. I uh, like the AAA level trying to tap into that, and you're going to see a lot of indie imitators. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's going to have a big effect. I wonder how much creatures.
1: like those imitators, will if they'll be as text heavy as Disco Elysium is, because I think that is one like. Barrier to entry in some ways, where like people don't want to read as much as there is in there. Yeah. Um. But I think it has like tons of really interesting ideas that I hope we'll see. Yeah, like 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 the party members in your
2: head thing. Yeah. Yeah. That is something absolutely big. RPG studios are gonna steal, but like I do think you'll see a lot of indie imitators who like assume, oh, we can do a lot of text now, and it's not good text. It's just quantity over quality, which is gonna suck. That, I that's that, what I'm
1: worried about.
2: But I do think we're going to see a lot of sort of indie developers and big developers run with the stuff that like uh, Disco Elysium does and the stuff that like Kentucky Route Zero does. And just like, you know, these sort of I hope so. indie stylish heavy on storytelling games do yeah. in the future.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Swart says, what's your most anticipated game of 2020? Did Cyberpunk. You... Elise, what about you? <sighs>
1: It's a it's a tie between Cyberpunk or Last of Us 2.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cyberpunk still, I mean, if all you knew about that was CD Project Red is making a Cyberpunk game, have any specifics I was, like up to your excitement?
1: Yeah. I've been excited about that ever since there was that one trailer, like cinematic trailer that was like 20 oh, seconds long. Like right. That. Yeah.
0: Yeah. that released the I mean, same day we were there for the Witcher 3 cover story. Oh, I really? that was wild.
1: That's cool. What's
2: that? I thought that was wild. Like it was. Made, yeah.
0: yeah, and I was like, I regret not, because one of the features I was, thinking of it's like, oh, it'd be fun just to like get that studio's reaction. Like you don't have to reveal anything about Cyberpunk, but just like a video of them like reading the comments when that trailer went up. And now in retrospect, like that would have been huge. That would have been so cool to have for all those years.
2: I, I think seeing the E3 demo of Cyberpunk sold me on it. Where I was just like about to say it feels too, like yeah. a marriage of immersive Sim and RPG and a yeah. sci-fi cyberpunk city and that's what I want. That's one of my dream games. And right. if I can pull that off and I, I probably can. and I
1: think they yeah. can yeah. yeah
4: like the the Witcher never really clicked with me and so I was always interested in Cyberpunk after they announced it because you know I like sci-fi more and yeah. stuff but that's it was it was when I saw the demo that it was like okay like they're they're actually pulling this off it seems like and, I, and yeah. so I've, that's when I got really I've also
1: excited. like I've always been a fan of RPGs and modern settings. And there isn't, and and I always I've dug cyberpunk for so long, and I, we don't see it that much in like modern games, especially. Yeah. yeah. And I I and I think like seeing that again, come, having that comeback is really cool, um. And yeah, just like so many RPGs take place in fantasy settings or medieval settings, and I, and it starts to feel like the same thing over and over again.
2: It, it definitely. So, f- oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: So I'm just happy whenever like I see this cool take on like. Modern society or futuristic society.
2: It definitely feels like there's been a drought of sci- of great good to great sci-fi RPG since Mass Effect Three. Yeah, like Andromeda was a huge bummer for me because because yeah. of that. Like that game came out and I just all they had to do was make something that was like compelling and fun in a sci-fi setting with RPG stuff and it just was not good. Yeah, you know.
4: Uh, we should mention though, Hanson, that unfortunately, yes, Elise, we canceled The Last of Us Two last week. We did, show. actually,
0: yeah, in the community no. email section. I'm very sorry. Uh, <laughs> Levi has a related question. Have any of you watched The Witcher show yet? Yeah, yeah. we did last night. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, J-
1: JV and I watched it.
0: Okay, Levi says, even with its dark and grim world, I think it's the lore I love the most and would love to live in. If you could... Oh. Anyways, what do you think about The Witcher? <laughs>
2: uh,
1: I, <laughs> I mean, love
6: it.
2: Yeah, I love it so far. It's really interesting because I was talking with some folks uh, who hadn't, who weren't connected to the books or, you know, who hadn't read the books or played the games. Yeah. And Audrey, you know... She, my partner, she's watched me play a little bit of The Witcher, but she hasn't, like, played the games herself or yeah. read the books. And so, like, what she said and what some other folks have said is, like, it's really hard to follow, you know, what's going on if you haven't read the books or watched, you know, or played the games.
0: Does it get that deep into, like,
2: the it, nations? It gets, and pretty, it gets
1: pretty deep in lore stuff. Like, they don't really? explain
2: in the first episode. Like, it's clear that the witches are pretty important. Um, but you, you don't know, really
1: know what's happening or why it's happening. Unless you've like, played like, the
2: game. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They, so it's they, that they, they don't
1: do a, a great job of explaining the world. Um, So but. Yeah,
2: It definitely feels like a show that's been made with the gamer anxiety of but, like, oh my God, is this going to be authentic? Well, it's weird
0: because it's based on the books and not the game,
2: correct? Right, but like... The games are so authentic to the books. Like they're literally like sequels to the books.
0: But the stuff like, you know, the shot of Geralt in the tub and stuff, like they're very cheekily tying into the game.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he based his like voice on like the game actor. Oh really? Yeah, like he sounds Pretty 1-1. Like, Very, it's not bad. Like, it sounds good.
1: Perfect job with the gravelly voice. And, like, really? okay. even the way oh, he yeah.
2: walks, like, looks like Geralt walking and in the game. We, like, we were, we were on his shoulders and stuff. We were arms?
1: noticing, like, even during fighting sequences, like, there there are certain, um, like, the ways that he would turn his sword or uh, even even the spells he'd use and stuff, yeah, they, were, okay. they looked like animations from the game. The
2: decapitation animation finishers the same in the show, yeah, It's just like it's just stuff it was, like that. It's fun. Very fun, subtle, fun little tie-ins
1: yeah. like that. Um,
2: That's cool. So yeah. you're gonna stick with it. Yeah. yeah. So, it, but it's one of those things where it's like I can't tell if like this is actually because let's see some other people who are like I don't, I'm not really into this. Where like I'm so into it because it's the first piece of like video game media in a long time, like adaptation where it's like oh man, they clearly like took a lot yeah. and it's just like really put together well like if I came to the show outside of that I don't know if I'd love it as much yeah I'm curious to check it out
1: I think it's it, do, it handles like backstories of characters that I really love very well
6: yeah so there it is
0: uh, Sutton this is why I like uh, community emails and questions I should say. <laughs> because people submit stuff where it's like oh yeah that's just a good gamer ass question that i never mm-hmm. would have thought of asking sutton says in third person games you prefer the camera to be over the character's left or right shoulder
2: <laughs> right yeah right i like character's wait really like this shoulder right like we're from the back and this shoulder
0: yeah, so for me, it's actually camera over the left. So the character's on the right side of the screen. You're saying oh, you actually, want the no, character you're right. on the left?
1: You're right. I'm with Hanson. Yeah, I, I want, I want the on other right. way around.
0: Really? Yeah, left, left side. Yeah. yeah. So like on Control, the Resident Evil 4, any of those games, you'll do that swap? Mm-hmm.
4: Ooh. Yeah, I, I think the big thing is I like the ability to switch back and forth. How often do you do that, this? though? Whenever you come to the corner that's on the wrong where the camera's on the wrong side, yeah like there are definitely times when it's like you're trying to peek around a corner corner or aim, but you need the camera boosted to the other side. So.
2: yeah I think Sutton, you know it's a good question but he's yeah. not asking the right question. the right mm. question is why is first person the best way to play video games?
0: Is this your new think
2: piece? Oh, boy. Yes, exactly. Oh,
1: <laughs> boy.
0: I choose not to think about that. Uh, Travis Manick has another humdinger saying, hey, is Hook a good movie? Yeah. Yeah, back off, internet. It was one of the saddest moments of my life when I looked up Rotten Tomatoes score for Hook, and it's like negative 4%. And then actually in the <laughs> reviews, it said your childhood was wrong, Ben Hansen, which I thought. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It's just a Boston
2: Globe say flipping you off.
0: Yeah, but even our Lord and Savior, uh, Steven Spielberg, he bashes Hook more than any other film in his history. More than like 1941 or something. Hook he, rules. The soundtrack to Hook, I argue, top... One of John Williams' best mm, scores of all time. That soundtrack of... is amazing. Uh, but what Spielberg says about Hook is that... And thank you for writing in about this, Manic. is He talks about like the set design. He's like, I had such a great idea in mind. And then the sets, I feel like, didn't really pull it off. It's weird that he's throwing like, you know, the set, set designer under, under the, the bus... bus. But like I get it when you look at that movie, it is a little bit like The Lost Boys Home. It like it feels like a soundstage. Uh-huh. You know, they're on their roller things going around. But to be fair, I haven't watched that movie in its entirety for a while, but I watched a chunk in a hotel room with Joe Juba like two years ago <laughs> and was like blown away by how much fun it was. And you mm-hmm.
4: also yell bangarang as you run around the studio all the time, too. That's so, correct. Yeah, yeah right yeah, before
0: yeah. I give like the countdown before we go live with mm-hmm. streaming and then yell bangarang. Yeah.
4: That's why we always look so confused when a, whenever a stream starts. <laughs> We're like, what
2: I felt bad Dang. when, this is semi-related, when Surreal joined the office because we went out and this was back when I was drinking and I got drunk and for whatever reason I started chanting Surreal's name like Rufio. Of course. Surreal. Surreal. I'm sure he and loved that. that. He adores it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so like uh, we call game clubs the deepest dives over here. We did uh-huh. one on Outer so uh, your, your favorite. Um, and we're toying with the deal like, oh, we could do this for things outside of games yeah and one idea that I had written down was like you know it'd be a fun deepest dive hook no Peter Pan do every mm. Peter Pan story every adaptation because there's been like weird TV versions of Peter Pan that I wanted to watch and haven't but I would love to go back and read that original book like in terms of just a world that like everybody knows it'd be fun to just like know everything about it isn't mm. Peter Pan up there
2: Okay. I mean I feel like there's <laughs> a lot of inspiration from Peter Pan certain bits of Peter Pan and everything right yeah like fantasy stuff i really want to see that pan movie that just got critically panned i watched on a flight is uh, it bad very bad
0: <laughs> it's just you know classic like oh they spent a ton of money on this movie and and for Could what he
2: jackman's hook or a bad pirate or something oh, i'm trying to remember he looks
0: real bad he's somebody in the film there's no doubt about it um do you like peter Pan, Elise?
1: yeah yeah i don't, I don't know i'm kind of indifferent towards it
0: indifferent towards the pan
1: fine. Okay, that's fine.
0: <laughs> so you can fly and you can fight, but can you crow at least? That's what I've been wondering. <laughs> oh Anyways, boy. let's move on. Uh, Tom Blackburn says, hello, MinMax crew. Uh, you were right raving about the Watchmen series. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we made it. So why uh, weren't those video games any good? And does the Watchmen IP have any shot of having a good game?
2: No. I would never want a Watchmen. I mean, it seems like the kind of game that's doomed to get an episodic treatment at some point. Of with like, Telltale gone, mm-hmm. though? Telltale, I mean, new Telltale. Who knows what the. Yeah, how do you feel about the Wolf Among Us thing?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah.
2: I think uh, Telltale employees got screwed over. Yeah, that, that, ultimately that's ultimately how that's I feel the, about that.
1: That's the thing. Like, I didn't even realize <laughs> during the Game Awards that Telltale. Like, it didn't click it with me. It was like, oh, no, Telltale's actually involved in this. And I, it feels kind of weird.
2: It feels no. weird. Like,. I don't know. Like, I I wanted a sequel to The Wolf Among Us. It's it's weird territory. Yeah, I, I still feel kind of icky rough. about it. And yeah. I think yeah. a
1: lot of ex Telltale people feel icky themselves about it. Oh,
2: I'm sure. Maybe, yeah. So. Yeah, you wrote that
0: big feature about it. I yeah, That's one of your best pieces. Yeah. It was wow. really good. Thank go. you. That's on GameFormer.com, isn't it? It is. Can you tell people what to Google if they want to read that?
1: Uh, the Rise and Fall of Telltale Games. There it is. And it's on GameFormer.com.
0: Yeah. Uh, as for Watchmen. Yeah, I just think that show does such a remarkable job of going for something new and not just being, you know, a slave to the past. I think it's really interesting overall. And maybe this is, I should be more generous towards people in the game industry, but I just feel like I don't know if any game company could do Watchmen justice the level that that show did.
2: Unless it's Disco Elysium developers. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I would play a Watchmen game by the folks who made Disco Elysium because I think that is what that IP would need to be interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, looking at this, so Watchmen The End Is Nigh is a 2009 episodic video game series developed by the Danish developer Deadline Games. That's not I, a
2: terrible combat game, right? I think so. It's the beat em up that was not good. Yeah. Uh, ooh, it scored a B minus from one
0: up. Okay. Giant Bomb, not, oh, Giant Bomb gave it two stars out of five. I would like to check it out. I think it would be it's, a fun one just to play as like a one off thing like, to look at.
2: It is a game that definitely feels like a beat up. Super superhero comic beat him up before Arkham Asylum.
0: Right. Like, Different
2: era. Yeah. For sure.
0: Uh, Tony Arlington says, hey, what type of huggers are you? <laughs> Hanson admitted in the Discord that he was a pickup hugger, and some of us had a debate about the rest of the crew. I have a feeling that Serial is averse to hugs, but secretly wants one. <laughs>
2: Serial is not I gave averse on to hugs. one last episode. That's yeah, true. Serial I
0: think he's down. For he liked it. Kyle, no, trust me. He liked it. And look, with Kyle not at this table, I don't think he's a big hugger. He says he hugged his family a lot, but I think yeah, I don't, we don't see have him any as proof a, of that. Yeah, I'm, sure.
2: I'm a long distance hugger. Like I, I grasp people from afar and just do that. I don't like hugs. Oh, from that's afar, natural. you don't that, like hugs. I
1: I don't initiate hugs that much. I, I prefer don't like when other I, don't, I prefer when other people initiate hugs. I don't know what that says about me.
2: <laughs> I think <laughs> we've hugged like four times I in don't total.
1: Really, I don't. I'm not a huge hugger. Yeah. What do you Let's think? Be it is? is it just upbringing? I, I, I think a little bit. My yeah. mom is not a hugger. Mm. So I think I get that from her.
0: Yeah. I had a weird thing where uh, I went to like a Thanksgiving party. It'll remain nameless. And I got there and I was like, oh, hey, good to see you. And I was like going around and hugging people. <laughs> and I hugged somebody that I've known for years and years and years, but I guess I've never hugged them. And everybody was like, what are you doing? Like, she does not like to be hugged. And oh. I was like this weird thing of like, I, I've never considered that. Like, I've, I understand if it's like a stranger But somebody that I've known for like six years It's like, yeah, it's just a hug. I
1: I mean, I don't mind when someone hugs me. I'm just like, it's it's not my favorite. I don't know. It's just not something I initiate that much, but I I don't really care. I did that
4: with my uncle once who's probably in his 60s. And it was at some kind of family gathering. And we came up and he put his hand out. And I sidestepped that hand and went right in for the hug because it's like, you're my uncle.
1: Yeah, that's a little like, weird. I
4: know you my entire life, yeah, obviously. Right. You know, like, you're not getting a handshake from me. That's for strangers. We're family. <laughs> Tony says that Jeff gives warm, lingering hugs. That's right. There was there was a whole discussion in the Discord because you posted that creepy picture of me. Like, <laughs> They said that's the look you do right before you hug people, which is true. Just ask my uncle. That is true. Uh, Chris Bartlett says,
0: uh, the new DLC for Borderlands 3 has a mission that takes place in an impound lot, and it makes a classic joke of hey look how long it takes to get anything done in these government buildings it reminded me of a similar quest in the outer worlds no offense jv that had you trying to pick up a package at the post office in byzantium i think it's a mildly funny joke but i'm already pretty sick of it with these two examples (laughs) so my question is what is the most tired joke or gag Mm. in video games i think it's video games but then also movies i'm done with elevator music jokes I cannot handle it anymore, and it's it's much more often in TV shows or movies. But like even shows or movies that I respect, when they go for that like harsh cut to quiet, awkward elevator music, yeah, we get it. Elevator rides, we got it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Nathan Drake trademarked. Not good, not good, not good. Yes, when things Mm -hmm. are falling apart or whatever. So I thought of
0: Uncharted too, and like so many games, I think are inspired by Uncharted at this point too. Like that joke too of just like the oh, don't worry, we're safe. And then, whoa, oh, not safe! Like yeah. that yeah, twist sure.
4: over and over again.
0: I yeah. bet
2: you love Star Wars. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
4: my, my big one, which I have hated from the very first time I saw it, is when games tell you, like, when they make fun of their own stupid design, where it's like, oh, another fetch quest. 100%. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. I remember. And don't try true. and joke it off yeah. as like an excuse for doing it. I hate mm. when people joke off. Absolutely. Like, I remember when we did the Uncharted
0: 4 game club. Weren't mm. you guys, were you a part of that? Was that before your time? No,
2: it wasn't before our time. But okay. I was not part of that. Okay. But in that one, like, it
0: cemented this idea. And Naughty Dog does it a lot, like in Lost Legacy as well. But I think the writing. It's such a weird thing to explain, but I, I'm in love with this idea. But, like, the writing is more honest than the gameplay, and it's, like, this weird disconnect where to be honest with these characters and to make them believable, they're now forced to comment on the gameplay. So it's just a lot of, like, oh, another wave of enemies? I thought we were done with these guys. Oh, yeah, Like, sure. that exact thing of, like, oh, another fetch quest? It's, like, clearly there's a problem here, guys. <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. You, you knew it was frustrating, and you're just trying to paper over it with... A joke that's only pointing out and making me focus more on this frustrating thing that I have to do for right. the game.
2: Right. The only variation of that I've ever come close to liking and was still annoyed with is in I think it's in Blood and Wine expansion for The Witcher 3, or maybe the one before that, where you have to go and like to collect your inheritance. You basically have to go to a bunch of like desks in a bank and just fill out paperwork and stand in line and hear Geralt go. Ugh, and yeah. just have very human, like, complaints for a little bit. I think that's right. the only time that's ever worked for me.
1: There, there's, there's a fun twist in Minute, too, actually, relating oh, right. to, to just standing in line.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, JV, did you ever play Bureaucracy, the Douglas Adams text adventure?
2: No, I know what you're talking about, but I never played it.
0: I've been wanting to play it my entire life because I love the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure, mm-hmm. and in Bureaucracy, the entire point is... It's just a character trying to change their mailing address. Yeah. <laughs> and then it just, like, descends into, like, this calamity and the world exploding the Douglas and Adam's stuff. Adams
2: experience. Yes,
0: exactly. But I think it'd be super fun to try and play that as, like, a radio play at some point, uh, yeah. Midmax. Um, Bob Buell, staying negative, thank God. He says, simple question to the computer-loving cohorts. Uh, what's the absolute worst thing about your absolute favorite game ever?
2: Uh, Mass Effect 2, the baby boss at the end. <laughs> the, the space baby. Baby boss. Baby boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I the love that game. The original Boss it, Baby. Yeah, and it doesn't annoy me, but, like, that's easily the worst thing. Worse than scanning mm. the planets? Yeah, I don't mind scanning the planets. So I think that's pretty chill. I think think a good this time.
1: I think I've got two things for The Witcher 3, which Ooh. is my favorite game ever. Oh, wow. Um, the first thing would be the combat, which I think w- could have been way more polished. The second thing is uh, I feel like it overuses that whole, like, Batman detective, like, vision feature where you're just looking around for you know footprints and paths and things um it's just done a lot yeah could have done without it but Mm. everything else in that game is perfect
2: that's why whenever i play through that game i just set everything to easy and Geralt just slashes everyone to bits yeah
1: yeah the combat is kind of a pain so
0: if i'm thinking about like replaying my favorite game like what would be the thing i would dread the most and it's like okay shut of the colossus and Final Fantasy VII are like up there. It always flips back and forth if you include nostalgia or not for my favorite game. But like, Shadow the Classes, I think it's like the mm-hmm. horse thing. Getting the horse, I think it's the fourth class, has to like bend down mm-hmm. uh, and like look
1: at the thing. Some of those controls from the original. Yeah, well, the original are, for sure. I hate yeah, that are, are fight rough.
2: with the serpent and the water.
1: Like, oh like, really? I mean, I
2: know it's a cool spectacle, but it's really a pain. So you the have one to, like, you to jump on top and like bang the things. Yeah. You
1: mean the one that you have to like grab as it goes underwater? Yeah,
0: that one. Okay. Oh, 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 oh! Okay. I kept checking out the other, the other one. Yeah. On I mean, water. it's really
2: cool from an outside perspective when you think about it. And you're like, oh man, I just did that and that was wild. But yeah. like the mechanics of like it's, making it's it. It's kind
1: of tedious, yeah, yeah. gameplay yeah. wise. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, or in Final Fantasy VII, I think of after the snowboarding sequence. On the second disc then, like when you get lost
4: in the snow. I think that's the part that I would dread the most mm-hmm. going back to. Uh, mine, My favorite game is Tetris, so there's not much <laughs> that wrong with it. I, I mean, if it's a bad version of it, then they are stupid control things. But uh-huh. I, I think a runner-up would be Link to the Past, which is when you get down to too low health, they have the beeping, but it just oh, goes. Oh on Oh my forever. god, yes. Like, I get it, man. That that's like that's a I product love, of its age, you well, know, that but, game.
1: But oh yeah, that was yeah. so annoying.
4: Yeah. Uh Rory Steeler, friend of the show, Rory
0: Sorcutor himself. He says, Do you foresee Min Max content creating documentaries like the secret history of volition? Apparently Rory really liked that video there at Game Informer. Um yeah, I would love to do more dev stuff and documentary stuff. Hopefully in 2020, we can have a big splash when we uh, when we launch that. But it's just a matter of I think it'll be nice to be out of like the crazy crunch zone of games and just try and get a better feel for like what level of content output mm-hmm. is sustainable for mid max and stuff. Right? Yeah, you
2: guys did a good job of like lifting off during the busiest time of the year. Like having to do that, I do not envy you because it was like what September, October twenty third.
0: Yeah. Oh my god,
2: that's like the week that yeah. everything comes out. It was. Yeah. yeah, you guys did a really good job.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a conscious choice on our part. <laughs>
2: Grizzled Gaming
0: says uh, this time of year is getting is about getting better and self-reflection. That said, hmm. who has been the most influential person in your career up to this point?
2: Matt Burtz.
1: Oh, dang it. I was just about to say that. You, I you, mean, you did only that one thought of you can plagiarism have again. Stop thought doing that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think Matt Berts, uh he's former managing editor, game informer. Yeah. Uh, he was just, I don't think I've ever had a boss that managed to balance being... A friend who genuinely cares about me as a person, mm-hmm. but also someone who wants me professionally to be better. Right, and he walked like that fine line really well. Uh, he fought the, the battles alongside me that were like worth fighting, and then yeah, he's just a great he's he, just a great person. He
1: had your back in yeah. like really tough situations um, when it sometimes felt like no one else had your back. Um,
2: right, and he would take me to task, too, and like. I screwed up something or I wasn't Mm -hmm. doing something as well as I could have, he'd be like, okay, look, this is what we need to do. And it's very important to have that. And also it's been a, because I've had to do that. I've had to be on that end of the thing or that side of things before too. So that was also like good instruction on how to, uh, to be that person, you know, right. to give bad news or whatever. He's he's great. He's just he, a good person. He
1: was really easy to talk to, and um, I think as someone who had like a lot of health issues or has a lot of health issues, like it was always I, I, he he was always really good about listening and and trying to understand. Mm-hmm. And he also just in terms of his work, he is a really fantastic editor. And he's a really good writer, and I think. I looked up to him, even as an intern. I looked up to him, and then I think, I think I look at my career and how far I've come, and I think so much. I I, I don't want to say I owe anything, but I think it's it's thanks to a lot with with Bert's believing in me. Wow. I mean, he hired me before I even had like a degree i I was working for montreal and i was still working on that journalism degree before i moved right yeah so i think like he saw something in me and he it was like a leap of faith a little bit and um and ever since then i mean i still talk to berts regularly Mm -hmm. and he's still like a mentor in a way uh and and uh and a friend right yeah yeah um, it feels
2: different now i feel like berts is more like we're friends and we play games and stuff, but he's like a cheerleader in the background going, hey, yeah, do this. You can do this. You got right. this. You're he great. is so
1: proud. He's like office dad and and he, he will always have that... Um that title in my head, I think. Yeah, no, even though we're not in the same office He's definitely <laughs>
2: office dad. But yeah. he's so
1: proud. I remember he he came and visited in in D.C. Uh, he he was there for for a consultation gig he was doing, and mm-hmm. and we met up. And I saw I just saw in his face right away of just like how proud he was. Oh yeah, and, and I course. and I love that. It made me feel really good. <laughs> he's such
2: a good dude. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Not to plug a patreon but hey i'd argue this week uh if you're a patreon supporter there might be an exclusive uh discussion with one matt berts which is nice it's like it's fun to like take notes i'm like yeah what do i want to ask berts more than anything else and so we get into some things Also,
1: just been in the industry for a long time right right so he gives some writing advice
0: oh yeah for sure Uh, uh we bring up something that we argued about more than anything else. Like When I think of like the era with Matt Burtz at Game Informer, it's like, oh, there's that one thing where every six months we'd argue about this and it would drive me insane and stress me out so much. So we unpack it all uh, nice. in, a, in an upcoming uh, video yeah. and audio thing. Uh,
4: I would also say Burtz. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. And it, it, it was the same kind of thing. I have another answer that I will get to in a second, yeah. but I want to say that it's it's also that thing where whenever you had a, a cover story or a big feature, like he would be the one to do the first pass on that, and that was always just terrifying because you knew he would not hold back. <laughs> but then it always felt so good when you know you would do edits or whatever, and he'd be like, "Yep, I pushed it through." It was right, because like, oh, it went God. through the fire.
1: And as soon survived. as you get right. that yeah. thumbs up of it's got it's been pushed through, you're like, "Okay, this yeah. is the best it can and, be." And, yeah. and it, right. it was
4: yeah, it was it was that it was that not only are you done having to work on it, but at that point you knew for sure it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, there was there so was true. also another. Another feature, uh, I think it was E3, I had to do like a summary of the entire E3 or, or whatever, and the the assignment on it was very wishy-washy, and so mm-hmm. I kind of just wrote it as like these bite-sized, very sarcastic things that I put together yeah. and turned it in, and he was a big fan, but there was a, it was a, an extended conversation with production and everything of like, oh, we don't know if it's going to work, how are we going to get it through, and he was the one... Back in the bullpen, just like we got to do it this way. Like I don't like I'm really happy with how Jeff put this together. I don't want to yeah. have to re-edit it or anything. And he was like the biggest champion for that, and that mm-hmm. that always felt super good. Yep. The other person I wanted to call out because we've talked about Bert so much is Joe. Oh yeah, Has Joe been a huge is huge, fantastic inspiration, just Joe in terms great. of figuring out how this to Joe Juba. write reviews Juba. and stuff. Yes, yeah, and well, he, was, what, he was another one who he would always make he would you know, find any of the little holes in your in your reviews, which is especially important with reviews because especially people, like people yeah, love yeah. poking those holes. And mm-hmm. so he would he would figure that out. And in terms of getting stuff cut down and, and just kind of all of those procedural things, he I always and there again, there were times when it was like, I don't know how I'm going to cut this down. I can't cut this down, and then you finally get through it, and it's like, oh yeah, the review is so much better because of the work that Joe had me put in. Mm-hmm. Joe so.
2: always pushed you to be your best, even at like the cost of like you being annoyed with him. You right. know, like I always felt <laughs> which would happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, I always felt like I was like defending a thesis whenever I turned a review into him, of like going before a board who would like know every weak point. And like every review that came out that went right. through him, like was better for it. It's
1: like your work is put on this pedestal, and then you have you and Joe like having this big debate mm-hmm. about you know its content and your arguments. And, and it,
2: Joe's wearing a toga, of course.
0: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, you're thankful. But like I remember talking to several editors who were like, "F this! Like I'm so frustrated going oh, through this process were, with yeah, Joe no, over and over
1: Absolutely points mm-hmm. yeah. with better reviews Yeah, no, I've been yeah.
2: pissed at uh, Joe over reviews probably more than any other editor over like work stuff. But right. he was he was pretty much always right. And like the review was always better for it, I mean, and I got over being pissy.
4: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah, and there there are still things that I would disagree with that about about those about reviews and stuff. But yeah. that was you know Joe making sure everything fit the way that Game Informer did reviews. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so some yes. sometimes you know things would fall out of the boundary of that, and you know we would all have legitimate arguments for why we like the way that the review was structured or whatever, but it always made sense for the for fitting into game Informer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For funny. sure. Did you um did you guys watch that Mr. Rogers documentary? I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's like, well, there's a new narrative oh, movie. Yeah, right? I, sorry, I saw it. But the documentary, yeah. like mm, there's good. that amazing bit where it's Mr. Rogers and I believe he's at the Emmys, where he's on stage and he's like, hey, I'm not going to do an impersonation, but he's like, hey, I just <laughs> want to take this time on stage. And he asked for a minute, apparently, but he only got 10 seconds. But he's like, I just want to take 10 seconds and everyone just be quiet during this television broadcast and this entire auditorium. He's like, I want everyone to take 10 seconds and think about like the people that got you to where you are right now Mm -hmm. and just give them some thanks in your mind. Right. And it was 10 seconds. And it's amazing because it's cutting the people in the crowd. Bawling. Yeah. Like that's all he has to say. And it's yeah. so sweet that like this question from Crystal Gaming, it's like the same effect, right? It's like, oh my God. Turns yeah. out it takes a lot of people to get everybody where they are at.
3: Yeah. Totally. Anyways,
0: um, okay. You can take the 10 seconds after this show, because we're not the Emmys. we got to keep moving. Uh, Hans Kleinenberg says, why are the Game Awards not at the start of the year? (laughs) I can literally think of no reason. (laughs) I
2: I was there, and it was very interesting to see people like frustrated with Jedi not being on there. Yeah. Because it missed the voting deadline, because it came out in November.
0: Well, the the deadline was November 15th, which was interesting, because Pokemon was not also on there and it's like well that released the 15th but I guess
2: it's just which which is weird because that meant like Smash Brothers was a game of the year nominee this year yes Um. so it's a thing people definitely talk because I know we've always talked about it when we were at Game Informer like why are they doing it like this yeah just as many people talk about it down on the ground when when they're there so other than just
0: I, I'm trying to think. Other than just, like, this is the time when the industry talks about it, most likely because they want to prep the content before they go out on vacation and Christmas break.
2: And I mean, so, I, I think that's probably, like, the Game Awards needs to prep all that content, like, video stuff, you know, so they have to get the deadlines in by then. because you know But why not do it at the start of the stuff. year, though?
0: You know? Is it just I, so that it doesn't seem outdated? I think Maybe so. Yeah. And
4: we had that conversation about something or other here where it's like, uh, you know, you get – a week or two into January, and it, you're you just feel like you're behind everything else. You're right. behind the, with the conversation. Yeah. Everyone's having that conversation now, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess you want to.
2: Yeah, because that be part of also that. means like that show like needs ad dollars. So I'm imagining it's a much dicier proposition mm-hmm. pitching that to advertisers in right. January and February when the conversation has already passed.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah for sure. Lewis Kane has a very timely question. He says, hey, why in It's a Wonderful Life is Mary wearing glasses an ice cardigan and going to the library, one half of which George admits to doing earlier in the film, the worst possible fate for her? It really makes me think. Compared to a few other people in George's life, I felt like Mary really got out all right and Capra phone that one in a bit. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it was a bad call from Frank Capra. Very
2: very good seasonal question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I love It's a Wonderful Life. I remember when yeah. I interviewed Jeff Goldblum, which was weird, last year. Um, before we started rolling... Jeff Goldblum, he just did not stop like quoting movies and then going like, "Who said this? Uh, what's this from? What's this from? Ooh, remember this? Ooh, my lips bleeding, Bert. My lips bleeding, Bert." And I remember I was like, "Hey, that's from *It's a Wonderful Life*." And he's like, "Ah, yes, *It's a Wonderful Life*. Frank Capra, 1941. Whatever the hell." It's like, you, wow. Okay. Are you watching
2: the documentary series?
0: The Disney one. It's too much. I, I think I'm Goldblumed <laughs> out. You're, you're good. <laughs> my my sister good. like he always sends me articles about Goldblum, thinking that we're like best buds, and it's like I. I'm good on him. I watched his gaming episode, and it was like, is about what you expect from, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, mm-hmm. esports are worth how much? You know, yeah. like, okay, oh, I got it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I read Frank Capra's autobiography, and it was a lot of him, like, kissing his own ass and talking about what a genius he was, which is fine. Um, but he claims that he invented the teleprompter in that autobiography, and it always stood mm-hmm. out to me, because he said he was filming, like, a documentary series the Why We Fight series, I believe, um, during World War II. And he was filming something with Winston Churchill. And he said that like Winston Churchill couldn't get his lines right. You know that <laughs> hack. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so then he ran and cobbled something together, which became the teleprompter. But Oh, wow. I don't know if that's actually true. But that's huh, what he yeah. wrote. Anyway. That is interesting. And JV, if you're wondering why it smells like the room's on fire, um, the candle went out okay so nothing's melting down yeah, i was wondering next. if it was
2: that computer <laughs> yeah, down there I was like is this
0: gonna explode in my bed <laughs> oh, yeah. things are a bit rickety you know um okay brady e sure he says hey you've just gained one time ability the one-time ability to make one type of thing either larger or smaller you pick the item you pick the size want cats the size of horses you can do this is baby corn not a Small enough for you? Shrink them. (laughs) How about apples just slightly larger so as to be just a bit more filling? Yum. The choice is all yours. But remember, you can only change one type of thing.
4: I like the idea that you would waste that on corner apples. (laughs) Shrinking baby corn is a very funny idea. I would
0: make gold bigger. But wouldn't that just, the economy would scale to that?
4: It doesn't matter. Not for me.
0: Your private collection of gold? How much gold you got in your house?
4: And what's your answer? Well, none, but I would get gold. <laughs> okay. All right. I would go out, buy one gold ring, make it huge, How, chop it up. <laughs> How there big? There you go. I, I have to choose that. Yes. I, I would make it this big. He's uh, making about, I don't know, like a hula hoop make, size. Like, yeah. Right. Still, still small enough to hide in a house or something. Where are you going to hide that? Doesn't matter. <laughs> you just. You melt it down and you make gold bars yeah, and then flood the market. Sounds like a lot of work. And I'd yeah. be rich by the time gold goes down the,
0: like the You're like rolling this giant
2: snowball of gold to it's the a
3: bank. big nugget. It's
0: right. Yeah.
2: Hello, how much is this worth, ma'am? I'd make Elisa's cats Aww. massive, just so that'd be a new problem. You for her already to deal say with. that
1: they're not, they're massive enough.
2: Yeah, but they'd be even bigger.
1: <laughs> Smart.
0: I would um shrink the penis on Watchmen. <laughs> um. Okay, the next one. Did you have one, Elise, you wanted to share?
1: I'm good.
2: Okay. <laughs> she can't follow that.
0: Victory Nub says, "Hey, yeah, exactly. It says, any thoughts on possibly cutting commentary tracks for the MCU Infinity Saga? I know 22 oh. movies is a large ask, but your Star Wars commentaries were a lot of fun. 22 Thank you. movies. I can't do that. Also, I love uh, Blank Check, and on their Patreon, they did that for every movie, and I listened to so many of them. I wouldn't want to do that, because I feel mm. like it would... I you can just, just repeat their points. Too many
2: bad movies to watch too, man. A I, lot of those movies suck. You're wrong. <laughs> I, worst, every single one is good.
0: I think everyone is, the worst the MCU gets I think is a fine film, which is what I would put Iron Man 2 and Dark World in.
2: <sighs> All right, man. Which Incredible one sucks? Incredible Hulk?
0: The that, early one? Yes, I think
2: that's also a fine film. Any Iron Man that isn't Iron Man 1. You seem like you would love Iron Man Three. I hate Iron Man Three. Why you're so <laughs> unpredictable? That is your movie, baby. It's, it's just
0: a cold, weird Shane Black film about PTSD, like I, and anxiety attacks. Like
2: it's fascinating. I'd rather watch was it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather watch that. Well, of course there's movies you'd rather watch, but <laughs> I would just rather use that time to watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang than okay. Iron Man Three.
0: I've never seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I should probably fix that, right?
2: You you should. I think you'd like that a lot.
1: Yeah, I
0: probably would. Um Let's see. Oh, here. Do you guys want to do some acting or not? Sure. Okay. Elise did not react. (laughs) Neil Brown writes (laughs) in and says, hey, min-maxers and diddly doodats. Hello. I think you guys have been too nice recently. What is this? This is like the holiday episode, everybody. I want you to recreate the time a game pissed you off the most and have the others guess what game you were playing.
1: Oh, boy.
0: Okay. So I'll go first. I don't know about the most, but I'll... Okay. All right. For the Mm -hmm. audio listeners... Well, I guess I'll just... This is for the video only, right? F*** this! That was about the extent.
1: How are we going to guess that? What
0: game was that? Yeah, that's a terrible clue. Bloodborne. No, that was Control when it crashed. On
1: uh, <laughs> I mean, the end
0: boss, like, right towards the finale there. Mm. And the checkpoints The Control experience.
4: <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, uh, does anybody man, else want to uh, give sure. it a shot? Sure. Oh. Oh. No, you you had your controller already. He's at ten and
2: two. (laughs) Fucking hell. Yeah.
1: That's every
2: game,
4: guys. Yeah, I know.
1: Like, how are we supposed to guess? Blood. Uh,
4: no, no, no. Uh, Monster Hunter, Iceborne.
2: No, it was actually Dark Souls. It's the only (laughs) game I've ever thrown a controller during. Okay, fair
1: enough. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. Okay, I'll have. I have one. Yeah. Okay.
9: I like that you and I'm hiding. And then,
1: yeah. I hide. I hide. Whoop. You hide? Yeah.
2: Why you hide? Oh, oh. Uh, until dawn. It's something scary. PT. Oh.
1: No. Ooh. You're not, you're not going to guess. Maybe you will. Should I go? Say, the, say it? Yeah,
2: what, the hiding.
1: <laughs> it's when you encounter the first uh, large fuzzy spider in Skyrim. Ha! <laughs> okay. Good. Or when I. I don't say <laughs> you. Fuzzy spider. <laughs> Hated those spiders. I love Skyrim. Hated that moment.
4: All right, Jeff. I'm... Okay. Imagine I'm eight years old,
1: <laughs>
4: maybe six, yeah. and I'm crying as I say this. She passes me at the finish line every time.
2: Mario Kart.
4: Yes. And your mommy? <laughs> she, I used, one time in particular, I had a total breakdown and cried because, because I would play with my brother and he was really good, you know, so mm-hmm. he would be first by a mile, and because of the rubber band AI, Princess Peach would always pass me, <laughs> like right at the finish line, yeah. and and I would get knocked down to third place. Oh and, no! And at one point, I finally had a breakdown. I just
0: couldn't <laughs> take it anymore. Uh, Mike Sokak says, "Afternoon Ben and the Hansanots. They didn't agree to be called that." Um, I'm interested. This is a very specific question. I'm sorry. I'm interested in getting into the RTS genre, but I'm a novice to to it at best. I think the roadblock for me is the strategy part of the title. I'm not interested in an RTS that demands chess-level strategy in combat where you win or lose by the smallest of margins. I'm more interested in managing or developing a city, society, etc., where it's more about progress than conquest. Civilization games come to mind, but I hear they can be pretty hardcore. Is there a game that comes to mind that fits this description?
2: City Skyline? But Maybe. RTS in
0: particular. I know it, this is like one of those things like, yes, I have it exactly. Rise of Nations.
2: Oh yeah. Which is like a two thousand
0: three game. It is like a perfect blend of Age of Empires RTS series and Civilization. It's from Brian Reynolds, mm-hmm. one of the designers of Civilization. And they re-released it and they have Rise of Nations extended edition on Steam. I'm guessing it's pretty cheap. I think they re released it in like twenty thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. It is exactly what you're looking for, Mike. Um not too complex. It'll give you some RTS thrills, but at the same time, it's just about building up a beautiful society. Cool. There we go. You could also do Tropical, Tropical series, I think. <sighs> is it? That- that's more simi than
4: RTS, though. Yes,
0: I've never no, played Dragon.
2: Orig- at least the original ones. No, it looks, It's an RTS. Yeah, it looks more like an RTS.
4: Really? Yeah, you're. Well, yeah, and you're still like sending guys out to collect resources and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's in real time.
0: Uh, do you guys want to close things out with some trivia? Sure. Uh, this oh, is from friend of the show, Blake Kibbe. He says, "Hey Ben and the Maxers, uh, I listen. I think I think we've played this before." But it's still fun. Uh, I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks. Let's see how well you know them. Ooh, I will give you okay. three tracks from a game soundtrack. You name the game. Okay. Oh, I'm so screwed. Okay, ready? Uh, do you want to buzz in saying your names? Sure. Okay. Everybody gets one guess The Gun Pointed at the Head of the Universe. That's so blowhardy. But I it's...
1: thought we were going to listen to the music. Oh,
0: no, no, no. This is just the title. Oh. Uh,
1: is it be Lament.
0: Hard? For Private Jenkins. Oh, Mass Effect. Incorrect. Three, Covenant Dance. Halo. There we go. Halo Combat Evolved. The gun pointed at the head of the universe. What are they smoking? Okay, here we go. Ghost of Ratman. Turret Wife Serenade. Uh, Jeffem. Portal.
2: Incorrect. JV, Portal 2. Yeah! Oh,
0: man. Sh- F.U. Yeah. Yep. Number three, the part where he kills you. That's very fun. Um, oh, this is interesting. Cycling. Hall of Fame. Evolution. Just the track names. I know. Cycling. Evolution is the biggest clue. I'll let you guys uh, think for a little bit. Cycling. Hall of Fame. (laughs) Okay, Um, maybe this will remind you.
1: JV. (laughs) JV!
2: Uh Pokemon. There we go. Well I done. saw
1: I couldn't answer because I saw <laughs> yeah, <that.
0: laughs> I literally had to hold up the laptop. <laughs> That's good. That's a good thinker. Uh, okay. Um let's see. Oh. Okay. All right. Number one. The Honeybee Inn. This is not the right table for this. Number two. Infiltrating Shinra.
2: JV. JV. Final Fantasy 7. Good job. Okay, here
0: we go. Last one, The Beast Shrine Blessing. The Last King of Hyrule. Oh.
2: Breath of the Wild.
0: Breath of the Wild. JV, I like you replaced your name yeah, with just kind of just clawing burned. your hand <laughs> at the table. <laughs> well, I won. So. Very tricky. Thanks for writing in, Blade. Thanks for everybody that uh, submitted questions ahead of time for this episode of the Max Show Podcast. Um, how are you feeling, Elise?
3: Good.
0: I know you haven't really had like a microphone uh, ready to go at all times in the last several months. Is there anything you want to communicate uh, to the world, let the folks know?
1: Uh, You can keep following my work at the Washington Post. <laughs> there we go.
0: Um, okay, we have this segment on this show that we like to call
4: Get a Load of This.
0: Okay, JV, do you have something yeah, that we I- should get a load of?
4: Yeah, uh, you got to start by saying
2: get a load of this. Yeah, Jeff, yeah I'm, 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 I'm
4: playing <laughs> okay. up. He's been on the show before. I just want to um. make sure God. everyone understands. You're how really it works. snooty
2: about this format, <laughs> Jeffum. It's, it's got to be rigid. official. Yep. Okay, get a load of this. The Alamo Draft House tweeted out this statistic that 21 people across the country at their theaters watched both. Rise of Skywalker and cats, back-to-back. Back. What, what percentage? Like 21 people. Oh, that 21 is a... People. Like, the Alamo Drafthouse audience is very
0: specific. Do you think they're doing it, like, tongue-in-cheek with the cat thing? The cats thing? I don't know. Uh, can you
2: imagine that experience, though? Oh like, walking God. out of that three-hour movie and just going into something that's very horny and unpredictable as <laughs> <laughs> Star it Wars?
1: It's supposed to be. People have said it's horny. I've seen yeah. that There, headline, there, there yes. has been reviews... I'd call it that. Yep. Now, as
0: fans of Cats, are you two gonna go, uh, oh, going to go? Oh, I'm absolutely going to see so that movie. <laughs> I'm so I'm,
1: excited. I'm genuinely so excited. I'm going to have a lot of fun. It's I, bad. but I, I
2: want to see it so bad. I'm yeah. so
1: excited. Wow.
0: All right. Wow. Hey, neat. Uh, Jeff, um.
2: Yeah, get a load of this. Yes, please. <laughs> uh,
4: my wife lost her mind this week. I'm so sorry. And she, <laughs> because we had a giant pile of clothes in the bedroom for a long time, she said she's sick of it. She wants us to cut down the amount of clothes that we have, you know, out in the bedroom. And so she Hell said yeah. I should cut it down to seven pieces of clothing was the initial volley. Wait, for like in your dresser? Yeah. Like like seven pieces of clothing that I would wear. What? In, yes. it's It was insane. And that was counting pants. And I was like, "There's there's that no is. way that's ever going to happen. Wow. We, you know, negotiated back and forth, got it to... 15 t-shirts because you know most of it's t-shirts we're not counting socks and underwear Uh here or whatever but so i had to go through my shirts didn't still didn't get down to 15 but basically long story short i cut the amount of t-shirts that i had out in about half yeah i I didn't do the full andy mcnamara giveaway all my t-shirts yeah but it kind of (laughs) it went through the process of going through all my shirts saying okay these i never wear that's easy enough to get Mm. rid of obscure you know video game t-shirts I would never wear anyway. Then it went to the shirts that I do wear, but I'm never really happy to. Yep. You know, it's kind yep. of laundry day kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was actually nice getting rid of those. And then it got down to the level of, okay, I wear these shirts, I like them, but do I like them enough to keep them around? Mm-hmm. And we kind of went through the entire, you know, Marie condo, what sparks yeah. enjoyment and stuff. And by the end, I was actually very happy I, I was happy that we went through it, and I I did feel much better about getting rid of stuff. And I will point out, yes. JV, this one made the cut. Yeah. I'm still wearing this I, one. Heck yeah, I got uh, that
2: like Christmas, like three years ago or two years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's like
4: a Jurassic Park, Horizon Zero Dawn yeah. mashup.
2: Red Bubble. JV, this is
0: this was a fascinating little <laughs> moment in your time at Game Informer because yeah, one Christmas you just bought everybody presents. Yeah, and yeah, yeah like, he did got you every like single a,
1: person a gift. Yeah, it it did you pick pick have back. like a
0: gift certificate? No, you just spent a ton of money buying everybody. It wasn't actually
2: that much money. Oh, really? It was like one hundred and twenty dollars, like for everybody. in the office, it's not bad. I was very impressed. Yeah,
0: it was Um, very sweet. Tell me where this lands on the jerk scale. I think it's high up there, but it should be fine. You gave me a wonderful Miller Solid mug that you uh, put the auction thing. (laughs) I your that. I was like, we (laughs) had Miller Solid, we had Miller Solid (laughs) themed auction. I'm not
2: not excited about it because like you're not drinking out of it or whatever, and like we can. Get that is like something that gets people to give money to charity. Then
1: why not? Right. yeah I was
2: amused. I was okay. not upset. <laughs> I would be slightly annoyed if I was. Gave you. it away.
4: <laughs> I did not give your shirt away, Jv, and I love it and I wear it all the time still. I mean, you are higher it. on my list uh, than then, Yeah. So yeah, yeah oh, Perfect.
0: absolutely. Perfect. Uh, uh, <laughs> but
4: anyway, long. The main point is. You know, it's the end of the year, New yeah. Year starting. Go ahead and challenge yourself to try and minimize those right. kind of things yeah,
2: because you'll appreciate it. We had to do that we moved in, in together. Audrey and I like got rid of a bunch of clothing for both of us, and it it does feel nice to not like have all that extra stuff lying around. Mm-hmm. It oh, becomes yeah. a weird burden. of oh, it does. Of just, like, just excess my, things. Well, I might wear this one day, so yeah. I should keep you it around. Will. Years go by. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm so
1: bad with that stuff. I'm a total You were terrible with that hoarder, stuff. And you just yeah. moved,
0: but you kept all your stuff? I...
1: I didn't even, I, I, I got rid of a lot, but not enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: great. Thank you for your you contribution go. to yep. get a load of laundry. We appreciate it.
1: Get a load uh, of laundry. As always. Okay, so get a load of this. There. She did it right. Um, there is this really funny tweet. That, uh, it's also about the Cats movie. Um sorry,
4: We're very excited about it, <laughs> but
1: that. I am so excited about it. It's basically, uh, it compiles all these different quotes um, from different outlets oh, uh,
4: no.
1: talking about the cats movie and their reviews. <laughs> so the Boston Globe was, "My eyes are bu- burning. Oh God, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, the LA Times that says, "Cats is both a horror and an endurance test. Oh, and play. then my favorite from the beat is Cats is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's anyway, good. The a, Boston Globe would make me want to see that movie. It's so yeah. funny. Do you feel like film
0: writers with their headlines and like reviewers, I feel like they're hammier than even game writers, aren't they? Like some
1: Oh, of they're those, so witty. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah, good stuff.
2: I feel like film critics are kind of more entertainingly dickish than mm-hmm. game as someone who's been a games writer right. than games writer it's like right. they go out of their way to like, make the headline entertaining even if it's a bit mean
0: and they've been around longer so is that just the future of all game headlines as
2: well is just, just the most sensationalist people thing people trying to like one up each other on I mean it already
0: kind of is that like, to the that extent oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, hey get a load of this apparently there's a documentary about creating Jedi Fallen Order like, oh. I just saw Mitchie D uh, oh, tweet it out, which was amazing. But it's called Built by Jedi, and it's in the deluxe edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. It's also been ripped and put on YouTube, which is where I watched it. Um, but it's solid. And I, just, I love the idea of developers creating long-form documentaries showing the creation of the game. And, like, I wonder how much of it comes from Stig, who's the creative director on that project, coming from the God of War team. And, like, right. God of War has done an amazing job of – showing behind the scenes Raising with every crates. single. Yeah, well that but then even going back like the PS2 games, like yeah. they would release documentaries yeah. on that as well. But just I love that idea of like, well, if a developer gets that ball rolling and it's uncomfortable to create a documentary about the process, but now that that's rolling, like now it has a great legacy. Now we get to see a Star mm-hmm. Wars doc. Yeah.
2: I feel like games are finally reaching the point where like the mysticism behind them, like there's actually a profitable enterprise there to sort of unveiling that, like Insomniac is literally putting out the script For uh, Spider-Man. You can buy it. That's amazing. Are they serious? That's
1: great. I love that. They
2: announced that this week. So what does that look like? That's the thing, right? Like, what does that look like? Like, I don't know what that looks like. I'm going to buy that just to see
1: it. I 100% buy that. And
0: and you got to give extra tip of the cap for the companies that do that. When they have to work with a company like Marvel or with Star Wars, like that is an Mm -hmm. extra legal hassle they have to go through to be transparent. And I'm
4: sure in addition to, you know, the profit angle, like if you're on that team or, you know, like had a major impact on it, it must just be so nice to just like, you know, like catalog that and archive it and have it so that you can look back, you know? Yeah. Instead of, it's like, instead of taking pictures and, you know, trying to remember something that way, like. You have this amazing movie that you can go back to and yeah. show your kids someday.
2: Yeah, right. I think and I think like publications and publishers and stuff are starting to realize that people are actively interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. Like one of the weird things is part of my job, like a story came out recently where with the outer worlds with you know, someone talking about all the loopholes they had to go through to fix a bug that people were going through and it was like a twenty tweet thread awesome. and like Polygon, IGN, a bunch of places reported on it and people were like, oh man, this is super interesting. So I feel like we are going to see more of that, yeah. you know, sort of thing of like, here's like the magic of making games, it, but unmagic, you know, unmystified." Yeah, you know, for because sure. tons of people do that with film. People buy like behind the scenes, you know, books and stuff all the yeah, time about their favorite movies. I love to see movies. more of that. i love. I <laughs> but would, also,
1: also because like studios from one studio to the next, they all do it. Differently. Very they all different. have different mm-hmm. methods. And so, I mean, especially when it comes to games writing, I'd be fascinated I to, would, to see the kind of inside look of I that. I would
2: pay an ungodly amount of money uh, to get a behind the scenes, like in depth book about the making of Mass Effect 2.
0: 100%. And it should be done. And like, I, t- I was talking to Frank Sefaldi not too long ago, was, you know, Video Game History Foundation. And he was talking about like it's just so frustrating, and I hadn't really thought about this directly, but like going to bookstores, there are so many books about the creation of films and like autobiographies from the world of film, and then you go to the video game section, it's hey, how to get ahead in Fortnite, and it's just like, oh my god, the most
2: frustrating thing to me. And this isn't like I'm I'm not shitting on Limited Run or anything here, but the idea of like a special edition for a video game is you get swag with it, right? Whereas for movies criterion stuff here's essays here's how this game was made yeah Or yeah i mean here's how this movie was made over the years here's the reception towards mm-hmm. it you know here's how they restored it that's what video game special edition should be especially for older games that's what i want i want right. video game criterions yes mm-hmm.
1: or that even so cool
0: yeah In the, in the book world too i just want more autobiographies From the video game industry, like when I got to interview Mark Cerny, that was like the first thing I asked, like, will you please write a book someday? And everybody, they don't give credit to their own importance to the entire media. Somebody like Mark Cerny has had one of the wildest careers and he's one of the smartest guys in the industry by a mile, right? And he's just like, oh, no, no one would want to read that. It's like, are you nuts? Mm-hmm. Even like Andy McNamara, right? Like, I think he absolutely should write a book someday. And you bring it up. And it's like, ah, no one wants to read my dumb words. It's like, yes, what we
3: are do? you talking
2: about? <laughs> that's just Andy in general. He's so frustrating about, like, things that actually have value to the world that he has. Yeah. It, it, it's so internalized to it's, a degree. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I cracked it. It's he really
0: respects video game history. Mm-hmm. But if that video game industry touches him at all, then it's garbage.
2: It's so frustrating. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. such a... He has played, like, a pivotal role in, like, the video game press. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like he should put words down about that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also wanted to say that I do hope that more, you know... Developers give the be- behind-the-scenes videos and stuff like that because I think it will also help humanize them in a way that mm-hmm. we really need. And yeah. and like the example of that bug stuff, you know, that's the kind of thing that people will just go online and be like, "Oh, they still haven't fixed this." You know, it takes fifteen or minutes whatever. to fix. Why haven't they yeah. fucking fixed mm-hmm. Lazy game
0: freak. Yeah. yeah, so would...
4: giving giving them that behind-the-scenes look of the actual process and also the actual human beings that are working on this. I think. Will go a long way towards helping that. Yeah, because
1: people just don't know. Mm
2: -hmm. I mean, yeah, I think a large problem of that is like a lot of people who do that sort of thing don't read like the big pieces that come out from like The Verge, Mm, which has done a great job of like cataloging, you know, just emotional burnout and Mm -hmm. stuff. I think like having that documentary form Mm -hmm. that would be a game changer, right?
0: It's just it's shocking, like with. Some extent with the Jedi Fallen Order doc uh, and raising Kratos specifically, it's like when the conclusion of every video game documentary is like making games is impossible. What a nightmare! <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's such a weird thing for the medium, but I think it is important to show that like this is a glimpse of what these developers are going yeah. through and how much they have to bust their ass to make yeah. this happen. Well,
4: it's, like imagine if Bethesda had had done that with Fallout seventy six. You know, not right. that it would make the game any better, but well, maybe people would feel a little more sympathetic and wouldn't be so quick to shit on you know, and like accuse everyone of just it being a cash grab. Like I'm sure there are very talented people who are very passionate about trying to make this project and we just don't think of those. Yeah, those well to
0: be fair, I mean Danny O'Dwyer did a no clip documentary on Fallout 76, but one of the and I love Danny's work, but I think one of the weird things there was that was like a preview documentary. And I think mm. if it would have been if there's a follow up and you could have seen like the impact of that launch and how much the developers were probably uh, you know, killing themselves, staying late, trying to write that ship, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, that's years of people's lives. Right. And I think that's a really hard thing to make people realize, you know, who aren't in the industry, you know, because right. it's very easy for us to know that because we've been working, you know, uncovering uh, that sort of thing for years. Yeah. You know, someone who just goes out and they buy Call of Duty, and you know Fortnite or whatever—it's very easy, I think, for them to get frustrated because they don't know the human cost.
0: But even then, I always love Jeff Cork for this angle where you bring this up to him, and it's like, "Yeah, the developers really killed themselves to make this one." And he goes like, "Not my problem." Like in terms of like reviews, it's like, "Hey, you, yeah, you should buy this for sixty dollars, or you should not." Like I understand, and there is obviously a human component here, but like I can't let that factor
4: in. For sure, yeah, it doesn't make the games better, but right. respect. The fact that human beings are the ones making it and don't go on the internet and, you know, tell people to go get cancer and stuff (laughs) because because you didn't like a game. And I I do think if they actually saw them as people first and not, you know, a developer name as a corporation, you Mm -hmm. know, that
0: would help. Yeah, humanize it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Hey,
0: uh, thank you so much for swinging by uh, my cold basement, Elise. Uh, You're half of a block of ice uh, at this point, but I I appreciate it. Do you want to give out your Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, uh you can follow me at it's just Elise Favis, my full name. And Favis um, is spelled F A V I S. What is the
0: etymology of Favis? What's it's going on Greek. There?
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm part Greek, part French, and part German.
0: Wow. And all Quite. cool.
1: <laughs> what was that <laughs> how dare you <laughs> uh,
0: great and Washington Post Launcher follow that it's going to be yeah, a fun um, side moving forward
1: Launcher.gg is actually uh, it's it, it's interesting because we wanted .com uh, but we they would have had to pay like something crazy like $300,000 or something yeah. like Come they on, did Bezos. not want to give that up <laughs> anyway so it's Launcher.gg and you can um, you can follow all that stuff on the Washington Post We're doing lots of cool stuff that's very yeah.
2: exciting uh, really you- though check out Launcher like the pieces you guys have put out in such like a short amount of time are just great yeah. from all of you
1: yeah we're very features driven so yeah. a lot of fun like behind the scenes stuff and um analysis yeah and, uh,
2: there was a particularly a hideo kojima profile that i think gene wrote that yeah gene park did that was Ooh. really very good. eloquently
1: done and the art like we're I mean, I know I work there, but it's like it's very visually. The stunning art stuff. is
2: so frustratingly good.
1: <laughs> and like we just do. as
2: someone, yeah, it's Ooh. it's so good. I gotta check it out. Part of sure.
1: it is like we, co- we contract illustr, like uh, sorry, where uh, we have commissions, you know, done by like illustrators, right. And then some of that's also just done in house. So that's amazing. It's pretty cool.
0: Very cool. Uh, JV, you want to plug anything? Uh, I You're mean, back on Twitter. You're gonna give that yeah, a hot plug out there. Uh,
2: I don't even remember. Is it? It's at iv underscore javy. If you want to follow me there yeah but you no, i don't really to... have anything pl- like i'm working on a bunch of personal projects oh cool that maybe within the year i can say something about but that's interesting it.
0: uh and terra bruno pr yeah, stuff work for
2: terra bruno pr if, which means that i worked as like an extension of like private division and stuff so i work with those folks on like yeah. the outer worlds and uh disintegration which is coming up and looks cool
0: yeah for sure that's the one from one of the halo co-creators. yeah
2: the halo marcus leto leto yeah that yeah. sounds
0: cool um Again, we're going to be taking next week off for the MinMax show. We'll still have some content trickling out. We'll have posts on Patreon and stuff like that, videos on the YouTube channel. But it's going to be kind of a, a, a strange week here for MinMax. But we could use some time to relax, enjoy your families and friends, and then come out swinging for 2020.
4: And the viewers should take that time, too. Spend time with your family.
0: Man. Yeah. Stop listening to so many podcasts. Yeah.
7: What's with all these <laughs> yeah, long podcasting the podcast. <laughs>
0: Sweet. Uh, Jeff, do you have a message for uh, anybody?
4: Uh, happy holidays and... Honestly and genuinely just thank you to the entire community. They have been awesome this entire time, and it's always fun. And I'll be looking in the Discord chat for people posting pictures of the tabletop games they're playing with their family Ooh, and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. It's going to be super fun. I look forward to a fun 2020, and we definitely want to hear what you'd like us to do in 2020 as well. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. Be good. Have fun. Let's
3: goop. Bye. Bye. Bye.